Altuve, right field, back there, bats at the track, he leaps, and it is out! It's off a fan, no, they're saying off a bat, it is in play. They may be calling it interference, I'm trying to get a read on the right field umpire here. So the rule states, if a spectator reaches out onto the playing field side of a fence, to prevent a fielder from catching a ball, batsman should be called out. And out oh. is the call. Wow. Wow. This one is batted into the air and picked off. Todd Davis leaps for the touchdown. Here's a little toss to Sanders, going to throw it. Diving catch for the touchdown to Sutton. What a play. Blitz coming. Pass is picked off. Harris. Chris Harris got a lane to the end zone for the touchdown. This one starts at the 36. They fake it to Lindsey Keenum with all kinds of time. Airs it out all alone is Sanders. He will walk into the touch, into the end zone with a flip at the end of it. What a night for Denver. Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the sports affair. happening right now mark well good morning Hello? and thank you to listening to the sports offensive uh Nate, i'm not sure can you hear me Nate? yes i can hear you that we can't hear mark for some reason uh, i'm not sure what's going on i don't know if mark can hear us right now but we want to thank everyone for uh joining the show this morning um <laughs> I am in, yeah. I'm on the East Coast, uh, the East Coast called the East Coast. I'm in Pennsylvania right now, coming to you live. I know Nate, uh, Nate uh, is on his way up to the studio at our TSO North studio right now, calling in. So we are both on the phone lines. Nate, how are you doing this morning? Hey, JP. I'm doing great, man. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Mark. He must be having some <laughs> technical difficulties there. Uh, but yeah, thanks for... Uh, joining in this morning everybody and uh lots going on in the world of sports as you heard in the intro there uh some controversial calls in the playoffs this week that uh probably are going to cause a stir in the off season so i don't know if you saw the the uh home run call in game six there jp uh you you know i did and i'll tell you what um, I agree with the call, and, uh, if, you know, I'm going to throw it out here. I know we're not going to get into this segment yet, but if they don't want that type of play to happen, take the first two rows of seats out and put up a railing. That's their own yeah. call, and it was, it was the right call. It was an out. Yep, good call. Well, it's definitely controversial, and uh, as we all know, the Red Sox have moved on to the World Series and are – uh, awaiting. I actually, I didn't even see if the Dodgers won yesterday. JP, did they? No, the Dodgers lost. Uh, I believe the final was seven to two. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So going to game six, huh? No, we're going to game seven tonight. Seven. Game seven. Yeah, That's it, right. That's yeah, right. It is, it is tied three to three right now. Tied three to three. The Dodgers jumped up to a one nothing inning. Uh, and then uh, they jumped out to a one nut. The first inning, they jumped up one nothing. Then the Brew Crew, because uh, I was actually coming from where I had dinner up at DT's with a good cheesesteak hoagie up there, uh, down to my sister's house. Uh, the Brew Crew scored four in the bottom of the first, is what I understand, because it was four one. Next time I saw a score, so uh, it looks like uh, Mark's trying to get back on. It dropped him for some reason again. Uh, so he's trying to get back in right now. So it looks like we're going to have okay. to just uh, take on what we got here. So Okay, I'll well, you, you, you have a script. Yo, I have it right in front of me. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to read the sports offensive trivia question of the week for you. So the Red Sox are headed to the World Series for the 13th time. What two AL teams have made more appearances? Now, the one would be obvious. The other one isn't so much. Let me read it one more time to you. The Red Sox are headed to the World Series for the 13th time. What two AL teams have made more appearances? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I think the first one is obvious, but uh, yeah. the second one, sure. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. So I'll tell you what, today on today's show, we're going to be talking the NLCS. We're going to be going over the ALCS. Like I said, we have a Game 7 tonight in the NLCS. Dodgers and the Brew Crew up there in Milwaukee. We're going to be talking about the Wild Week 6 in football, especially that Patriots-Chiefs game. And, uh, you know, Week 7, we already had a trade happen last night. Uh, we're going to review the top 10 players in fantasy football in Week 6. We have some very big surprises in there. And we're also going to have some NCAA upheaval in the top 25 from last weekend. Upset weekend in the top 10. First off, I want to do a do a huge favor to folks. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter under the handle at the Sports Offensive. You can find us on Instagram under the handle the Sports Offensive, all underscored in between. Head to our station website, thesportsoffensive.com, where you can learn about us and our shows and listen to the current and prior episodes. Again, that's thesportsoffensive.com. You can always catch us live via Block Talk Radio player on our site. Check us out on demand on Block Talk Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. Stitcher Radio, and, of course, iTunes Podcast. We'd like to thank our show supporters, Idiot Call T-Shirts, Health Guru, EK Fit, and the Space Savers at Operation Organized. Find them on their links on our site. We always love callers, so contact us at 929-477-3204. That's 929-477-3204. I think I hear Mark on the line now. You with us, Mark? Nope, I think that's just a static from your phone. So we're going to keep rolling along here. So, uh, <clears throat> All right, so here's the first topic of wide world of sports. So Khabib, I'm not sure, Nate, if you've seen this, but Khabib has come out and said he wants to fight Mayweather. Mayweather said, get out your checkbook. And, uh, and Lutsky said, MGM Grand and Showtime, get your, pay, pay your, your checkbooks out and let's do it. What do you think of well, that? Well, it's uh... – <laughs> I think it's interesting. I mean, it works for McGregor. He made a bunch of money. Um, yeah, he so did. I don't know why it wouldn't work for Khabib. Uh, I think uh, Mayweather is really the only one that has anything to lose in all of this. Uh, you know, if he goes out there and loses to Khabib, he might tarnish his legacy. So to me, well, he's uh, he's putting more on the line than anyone. Well, here, here's two things. One, Khabib is not a puncher. He went to try in the third, the third round with McGregor to stand toe-to-toe, and it was a mistake. 
Um, two, Dana White came out and released a statement either late last night or this morning, say, no way, no how is Khabib getting in the ring with Mayweather. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, interesting that's that Dana doesn't want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, Khabib's a grappler, and we saw that because you watched the fight. Um, he's the guy that's going to get on top of you, use all of his weight, and where I mean, and we talked about this last week in the McGregor fight. Habib had McGregor after the first round basically sucking wind. You know, McGregor was sucking wind like there was no tomorrow because he was putting all his weight on him. McGregor had to hold himself up, you know, not to get get caught in that choke that chokehold that he got caught in in the fourth round. But uh, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see, but I don't know how good Khabib would make out in this not being a puncher. Yeah, I have a feeling it wouldn't go so well for him. And I think it's probably going to follow that same script that Connor's fight did. You know, I just don't think yeah. those guys have the, the fitness that a boxer has. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, they, they, I'm sure they think they do, but they definitely, <laughs> uh, Connor showed that through about four rounds, he was sucking wind in that fight. Yeah, yeah. And that's even with. Uh... That's even with, you know, I, I know uh, Mayweather came down to the, they normally have 10-ounce gloves. They came down to the 8-ounce gloves. MMA fighters have 5-ounce gloves. So, you know, that's even a bigger, I mean, think about the weight on your hands. I mean, if we're talking about yeah. ounces, but over those rounds. Uh, it you makes know, a big difference over the time, yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. So, you know, that's one of the things. We're going to keep our eyes on that. We're not going to sure. We're not sure if that's ever going to take place. It'd be interesting to see. I do know Mayweather wants to fight Pacquiao. Pacquiao has said he'd like to come back to the U.S. to fight. Um, I think this rematch would have to take place overseas, though. I, I think that would be one of the uh, Pacquiao demands instead of taking place in Las Vegas. I'm not sure, but I know uh, Mayweather oh, has said he, he does want I thought he was outlawed from the U.S. for a while for some no, reason. No, they actually, they, they, uh, they banned his exile is what I read uh, at the beginning of the week. Oh, okay. Got it. Got I'm it. not sure why he was exiled, but they banned his exile from here is what, it was, is what oh. the article said oh. that I read. I'm not 100% okay. sure what's going on with that. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, well, yeah, a lot going on in the fight world these last few weeks. So uh, that's kind of exciting to see. Connor kind of resurface a little bit, and uh, some of these new stars coming to the uh, coming into the fold. Oh, definitely, and you know, there's a fight that we didn't talk about last week. Terence Crawford remains undefeated, pound for pound, one of the best boxers in the world. That fight was on ESPN last Saturday night, which was a great fight, actually. Uh, that was actually not a pay-per-view, but Terence Crawford did remain undefeated. Um, I don't remember the name of uh, the person he beat, who was also undefeated, but uh, that was another great weight? fight. Terence. No, no, no. Tara, he these weight? are all no. These are middleweights. Okay. Yeah, Terrence Crawford's a middleweight. He's been undefeated for a while. Um, and uh, you know, ESPN did. They have that top-ranked boxing now that they put on every now and then. And this one was a hit. So, got to commend ESPN for getting some fights on actual TV where we can actually sit back and watch it with a beer in our house on our couch. <laughs> nice. Like it. Definitely. So I'll tell you what, let's jump into the ALCS real quick because the Red Sox did clinch after going down one nothing to Houston. Um, they swept the Astros after game one, four straight. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I called it from the beginning. I, I had a, a Boston going to the World Series, 
they're just too much, man. I mean, they're playing some great baseball right now. Obviously, that call was so controversial in game six. If you haven't seen it, I advise going to YouTube, looking it up. Yep. Uh, it was uh, Altuve who hit it. And then was it Betts that was the one that was interfered with by the by the fan and trying to make the catch? Now, yeah, I with agree Mookie, with Mookie Betts. Yeah, I agree with you, JP. I think it's the right call from the from the standpoint of the umpires have to make a call there just because there's interference. But I think this is something moving forward that has to be addressed by Major League Baseball and their stadiums. You know, yeah. this is a this is fan space. You know. These people probably paid thousands of dollars for those tickets, you know, and to have yep. that crossover into into the baseball arena like that, it's kind of a unique situation. You don't really see that in any other sport. Now, every once in a while, yeah, you'll does. see somebody do something dumb in NBA where they stick their foot out or something like that. A fan tries to get involved, but uh, right. you know, this is this is going to be a big controversial off the field issue. I think for, for the winter meetings coming up here in, in uh, December for major league baseball, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. But I, I think they do. They just need to move that wall out a little bit. So it's not, you know, part of the game and causes, you know, a big play in the playoffs to decide a, a game, you know? So I, I don't know. It's, it's definitely going to have to be addressed. I think. But uh, oh, that being said, yeah, that being said, I think Boston was the better team, so they did advance, and uh, David Price got his first postseason win. I see, and he looked phenomenal in that game. It wasn't yeah, and that was, was game six, right? Yeah, yeah, that that was oh, game five. Game they 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 won four one, so it was game five. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So but I, I, I want to make one more point about the uh, the stands real quick because. We Please. saw it hurt the Astros, but we all we saw it benefit the Yankees in 1996 or 97 playing the Orioles where the fan uh, put his glove out over the fence, caught the ball. The Orioles outfielder immediately pointed straight up, and they called it a home run, and the Yankees won that series. And then you have the, the GOAT of all time, Bartman in Chicago, who interfered with that foul ball, who basically got death threats. So we've seen it go both ways. The Yankees get the call, the Astros and the Cubs don't get the call. So it's an interesting thing, and I, I just, I'm going to put it to rest here. You know, it's something they have to address in the postseason about what you do with these seats that are right there because you're allowing fans to interfere with the game. Yeah, and I think it puts the fan in a precarious position as well, you know. We're there. We pay thousands of dollars to go see games like this. You know, we want to be part of the action. I think that's, you know, the appeal of a playoff game and being able to have those front row seats like that. Um, but, man, I mean, for it to come in and into play and really cause the game to possibly the outcome be changed, you know, um, this is certainly something that Major League Baseball will have to address in the off season, uh, And it will be interesting to see what they do. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, we've got the Red Sox moving on. So yep, it, it was interesting in uh, in, the, in the clinching game. Mookie Betts had almost the same play. He jumped earlier, but what you see is all the fans put their hands up away from the fence and like we don't want any part of this. It was hysteri- yeah. I don't know if you saw that highlight, but it was hysterical watching. <laughs> oh man, fans cracked me I, up. I'll tell you what. Here is here's what I looking at that game five with Verlander on the mound, 
who is practically unstoppable, the Red Sox got to him. It's incredible what they did. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was really shocked as well. I thought Verlander would come out and, and really throw a gem in that situation. But uh, I'll tell you what, man, that lineup in in Boston is, is really peaking right now. Mookie Betts might be one of the best hitters in baseball. The only reason I can say he's probably not is because Mike Trout is still out, still out there. But, boy, Betts, uh, he's certainly the quintessential five-tool player there in Boston. Yeah, no, Mark's still trying to get on here. I'm going to tell him to turn his soundboard off and turn it back on real quick if you want to keep talking for about 30 seconds here real quick, Nate. Oh, okay, yeah. So, well, with the upcoming World Series on tap, uh, it's going to be real interesting to see who comes out of the National League. I think with this matchup tonight, I am making an assumption, but I would assume that they're going with Clayton Kershaw in uh, with L.A., and then I am guessing uh, – it's probably going to be, is it Shasin maybe tonight? Actually on short rest? I'm not sure what they'll do. Um, but you know what, I'm going to look right now for you over here real quick. While I'm, uh, yeah. I, just sent Mark, I just sent Mark a text to tell him to turn the soundboard off, turn it back on, and start talking. I think that because yeah. we're still, it never disconnected on him. So I think like we had the other one, uh, it's Shasin versus Bueller. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Can you hear me? Oh yeah, there he is. Yes, yeah. I just I just phone called into the show because I I literally can't figure out what happened. I apologize to everybody out there listening. I was logged in and ready to go like 20 minutes before the show. Everything worked perfect. Cycled the modem, restarted the computer, cleared the cache or the cache, whatever it's called, and everything was fine until I got about 25 seconds into the intro, and then my thing just went completely silent, and I haven't been able to get back on Blog Talk. I mean, it says I'm connected now, but obviously there's nothing coming through, so. Um, so uh, I apologize Mark, did, you, uh, the... did, did you try to uh, turn your soundboard off, turn it back on, and just make sure your audio connection is correct? I can start that over again, sure. Yeah, try that. It might actually work because I know last week I think we had about the same problem, and I think I think it was just uh, we were still alive and we didn't know it, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, that might have been true. And, and you know what was weird is that, uh, um, well, it, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, so what were you guys chatting about? Well, the well, World Series. We're, we were talking about the uh, we were talking about the controversial call in Game Six with the uh, or I'm sorry, Game Five with the uh, the play in the outfield on Betts's uh, home or Betts trying to rob Altuve and getting interfered by the fan. Uh, so we were kind of giving our two cents on that and what baseball's got to do um, if you want to say anything about that, but we're also talking about the World Series and Game 7, of course, tonight. Yeah, I, you know, as far as that, what happened in Boston, I don't know how your guys, or what you guys feel about that situation, but I think baseball needs to take a really hard look at the rules. It's like, they've got a great product, and it's 98% correct, but they're, they just keep messing up the really important stuff that kind of kills the game, or kills the action where it is. And I, I, it's kind of like the same way I feel with Star Wars. You know, it's like they've got everything they could need to make it great, but they just they're, – they're too locked into something. They can't make a change. And if you're going to let fans be that close to the game, I don't think you can be that upset when fans get involved in the game. And I just don't know in what world that should have been an out. What was your guys' take on that? 
Well, you want me to go I, first? I mean, interference. Typically, interference is an out. I mean, look at the uh, the Bartman situation, right? No, absolutely. I know what the rule is. I just don't think that should be the rule. Well, here, here's my stance on it, Mark. Um, I think it should be an out. I think the call was correct. The Houston Astros have to take a look at themselves and say, you know what? Those two rows of seats shouldn't even be there. There should be a railing three rows back where you can't make get in contact with that. So I tell the Astros, you know what? You screwed yourself over. Yeah, I mean, you look at Coors Field, right? We've all been there many times. Now, on the sidelines in a foul ball, you could have this kind of a situation. But as far as the bleachers, you're not right in front of the fence. There's a good few feet from the fence to the bleachers. Exactly. And so we don't have that problem. So I guess that's that's probably what Houston should do, you think? Absolutely. I think that's all the problem. Yep, by far, by far. And uh, just out of curiosity, you you did read the uh, trivia question, I assume? Yes, it is. we did. Yes, it yep. Is. All right, cool. Because I've been thinking about that one for a while. Cause, yeah, one of those I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I'm sure everybody knows the answer to, to one of them. But the other one, that one's tricky. So I'm going to be uh, real curious to see if I can get the answer right when uh, when we get to the halfway point of the show. So what do yeah, you guys and, think and about the? Go ahead. It's a, it's actually a two part answer for the second team, but I can't give you any hints of why it's a two part answer. <laughs> All right. Very cool, very cool. Um, I'm going to try to fire this thing back up and see if that works. So uh, last night, Dodgers kind of collapsed, although they had a number of chances to score runs, and they just didn't get it done. They just didn't get a hit when it mattered. And I don't know what I, I don't know what to think about tonight because uh, I don't know, man. It, it, it's who was on the mound? You know, I'm not sure. I'm assuming it's Bueller. Um, it's it's Bueller Shasheen. Oh, really? Shasheen. That's interesting. Yeah. Shasheen, I thought he just did. So, but I guess maybe it's you have, got enough days. Do you, have, do you have Kershaw in the bullpen then? I would say every arm except for Ryu is available tonight if needed. I mean, what else yeah, do you wow. do? Otherwise, you, otherwise you're hamstringing yourself. And I mean, you have to make the World Series, you know, to be in the World Series. So... No, absolutely you do. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the Dodgers' histories of Game 7, uh, <laughs> this will be interesting. They've, they've won a few and lost a few, so. Yeah, and I I, I, I am very worried about, um, oh, you know what? I think it reconnected me finally. Oh, there we go, folks. Hey, All right. All right. So I don't, so I don't know what in the world happened. Cool. I'm just exiting Wadsworth. I should be there in about five minutes. Sounds, Sounds good. good. All right. And for and some, some reason, reason, I'm just getting an echo now. So hey, you're I, getting I a little. Uh, you are getting an echo. What, do you uh, have a? Do you, do you have what, what? um? Uh, uh, who'd you call playing or on? Do I have do what I on? Have what on? Uh, uh, audacity. No. no. Oh, do, do you have uh, the the echo thing on your mixer set? On the, turn your turn your effects off on the mixer. Yeah, it's, yeah, muted. it's muted. Oh wow! All okay. right. Well, I, I know, I'd I love to make some predictions on the game for uh, for tonight, guys. Who uh, 
JP, what do you think is going to happen, man? Ah, boy. Game seven with all the arms available except for last night's starting pitchers. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I think the, the Brew Crew sneaks one out of here by a score of maybe five to four. I well, think you that's would... a really good prediction. I, I, think, I think it's going to be high scoring. I think everybody's tired. I think the, both starters are going to come out, give up some runs in the start. I would agree. I think, I think Milwaukee takes it 7-5. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with that prediction at all. Uh, you know, I mean, Milwaukee is at home, and yeah. home conference really helped. And I think that um, a, a big factor is the fact that Hader did not pitch last night, and they almost had to bring him in. And if they had had to bring Hader in, I think that there would have been that would have been huge for the Dodgers because then he wouldn't have been available tonight. But uh, they didn't use him, and Wade Miley gave him a lot of innings after giving him what five pitches the game before. So. <laughs> You think was that a move by Craig Council to kind of control the way that Robert set up the lineup to then bring in yeah, a pitcher? Ab- that he- absolutely, yes, that's exactly what it was. He wanted uh, he wanted all those righties that have been playing all the innings up there. You know, he wanted tired guys in the lineup. Yeah, and, and then all fired. And then if they have to. Uh, bring in, or if you have to, if you want to substitute people, then to use the people that you think are the best matchup for the pitcher, then all of a sudden you yes. depleted your bench and you're only your halfway bench through. as well. Yeah. Yep. So. I think that's exactly what Council was trying to do, and I think had uh, Miley gotten the first guy out, it would have worked. <laughs> but, you know what? Uh, right. You might be right. Now, what happened with that first batter? I even forget because I don't think I even got the game on in time home from work. Was a I thought he stuck out the first guy, did he not, or did he walk the first guy? He he walked him. Five pitches. No, he walked him and then they and then they pulled him out. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I yeah, they pulled him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was uh, yeah, it's it, it's all it's all weird, but you know, I mean, it, you got to be crafty and I'll be honest, what with Wade Miley going as deep as he did last night. Now, I know they had to use Knable and they had to use Jeffress. And I think they used one other guy. Maybe it was I don't know if it was Woodruff. Or, or hand. Oh, maybe it was hand. I, I, you know, I can't remember who they used last night. But they might go that approach tonight that they've gone in some other games, including the game against the Rockies, or the against the Rockies, and I think the game against Chicago, which was where they basically did a whole game of relievers. They didn't even bother doing a starter. Really, all relievers from the start all the way to the end, and it was fairly effective. I mean, you got one of the best bullpens in baseball. Game one of the World Series doesn't kick off until Tuesday night. So, technically, it gives you, you know, I mean, it gives you some options there. So, I, maybe he just does a whole bullpen game and says, oh, I'll give me two days for my guys to rest up. I won't let uh, maybe one or two of the guys pitch, right? Yeah. And, well, you keep getting a whole bunch of messages. <laughs> They're all from you. <laughs> Must have been really locked. weird. Because I was in the car and I was out of service or something. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Council does. He's certainly kind of taken a non-traditional approach uh, to his pitching staff in this in this playoff and during the season. Um, the guy in Tampa Bay did a lot of it as well, where they kind of did like a six-man rotation and they would start a guy for one or two, three innings, and then they'd bring that bullpen in and just let him work. You know, and it, it seemed to work. I mean, I, with the Dodgers, it's almost like 
if I'm Dave Roberts and I think you start Bueller, right? And I say, you know what? If Bueller gives up a run, you yank him. And if you have to use another pitcher for every inning, you do it. But, I mean, you got Urias, and he's been pitching phenomenal. You know Kershaw can give you two innings. And especially if you bring him in in, like, the middle of the game, he's really good mm-hmm. at doing, like, a sixth and seventh inning kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or he has been in the past. You know, and I, I think he's going to be more of a matchup guy with that left-handed arm, you know. Sure. Um, they bring him in. Maybe there's a stretch of guys in the lineup that are lefties, you know, and then they try to bring him in for that type of situation. Obviously, he can pitch to the righties as well. But, uh, <laughs> no, but you're right. It's, it's a matchup yeah. game, and you've you got to do yeah. that in the playoffs. It's, it's a different animal than the regular season. Yes, it is. So I was going to ask you guys, since I wasn't able to hear it except for the first, like, 20 seconds, uh, how did the intro sound? Did it work all the way? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was great. Cool. Yeah, it was weird. You know, we didn't hear you come in. I was like, <laughs> oh boy, we got some technical difficulties. It's so weird that the phone lines continue to work, you know, and uh, yeah, and like we're I able said, to carry it, the show. It never there. even like I didn't get like that disconnected beep. I didn't get that, you know, goodbye or anything like that. It just suddenly went absolutely silent. And I can't figure it out. But I do say, let's try to remember, you know, so we don't have this problem again. Well, I'm sure we'll have the problem again, but not copious problem. JP, I think you were right. Turning off the mixer and then restarting my computer seemed to be what fixed it. So hmm. in the future, yeah. we'll try turning that off and then cycling it. What's so weird hmm. is that all week long, my internet has been spectacular. Mm-hmm. I've been streaming the ball games on one, been streaming stuff on Sling TV with the other, and well, playing a video game, and nothing that goes wrong. I mean, something about weekend, Saturday morning. Well, that's... People are off of work, so there's a lot of people using the internet probably yeah, in, your, I, in your complex. I've been thinking about going around and breaking into people's apartments around here yeah. and like just severing that their connections that, and that you know that. cutting the wires and stuff. I mean, you know, sometimes you Yo. have to take drafts. So, the other thing, the other thing we can do is uh, I can bring my jetpack up and we can run it solely off my jetpack. Yeah, I mean, we can do that too, but I just hate to use up all your time when I got. I mean, I, I pay for the internet, and like I said, it works fantastic all week long until this show. And it, and it only seems to be Saturday morning where I have a problem. No. So the good well, thing I, is we I have, a, I have unlimited time on the jetpack. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully that's that we've figured out that maybe that's, I hope that's a magic like pill or whatever, just to turn off the mixer I hope and so. then restarting. Cause then that, you know, cause we don't seem to ever have a problem with getting a second disconnection, right? Once we have right. the one, everything seems to work. Right. So I kind of want to talk to blog talk and I, be like, is there a way, like, why does it, why do I have no problem connecting 20 minutes before the show and sitting there and I can do it anytime from like 30 minutes before the show to like two minutes before the show and log in and everything's fine until the show actually starts. Hmm. Like somehow when it starts to stream it, I don't know what, I don't know what happens, but um, my upload speed is also pretty good. So this is just, it's just weird. Um, Anyway. um, So did you guys make predictions for your World Series, or did you not quite get that far? Well, we were just about to, and you guys started doing all the technical jargon here. So, (laughs) uh, yes, uh, we're going to bring some predictions here. What do you think, Mark? What's going to happen tonight? And then what do you think will happen in the World Series? Yeah, so, I mean, I'll honestly agree with you guys about tonight. I just think Milwaukee's more in sync right now than the Dodgers Mm -hmm. are. Bellinger, to me, is the X factor. Hmm. If Bellinger plays well, I think the Dodgers can win. Because every game that they've won, he seems like he plays well. And, and he's been good lately. So Yeah, gotten that clutch hit. Yep. So that's my, I guess that's my hope, mm-hmm. is, that, is that he plays well so they make it. But I would say probably, honestly, no, I probably think that the, the Brewers are probably going to win this one. I think it'll be a close game. Mm-hmm. I think we're looking at a three to four game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think whoever scores the first run is going to lose because the first one, the team will score a first run and then they'll kind of rest on their haunches thinking that they're ahead. And all you need is a little bit of a mental state like that from a pitcher and things can go hay- haywire. So now we know that the Red Sox are in the World Series, which is depressing. So even if the Dodgers lose to the Brewers, I will be rooting for the Brewers to beat the Red Sox because I just despise seeing that team get another World Series. Um, you know, I, I know they had a long time where they didn't win anything. And that's, you know, it's all good that they got their World Series, but I don't forgive them for beating the Rockies. And <laughs> I just, I don't like those East Coast teams. I, I, they get so much preferential treatment from the national media and especially the sports media that I'd rather see either the Dodgers win it because they're my team or the Brewers because they're a nice small market team that no one pays attention to. So either or. That, your little gas tank looks like it might be empty there. It is. <laughs> I think I just took the last one. So uh, let's see. The World Series, boy, starts on Tuesday night. They play on Tuesday and Wednesday. Who's got and the I think home they play field? Friday. Uh, Boston's going to have to have home field. They they won like 110 games or something like that. So, and no one in the National League, I don't think, won 100. I, I know the Dodgers didn't. And I think, was it, no, Brewers won, I think, 95 or 96. So yeah. it'll definitely be Boston. Um, boy. Whew. <laughs> I mean, you would have to think Boston's the team. They've got an they got a great pitching staff. David Price is seems to have gotten the monkey off his back from it with playoff starts. Uh, he looked great the other night. Yeah, which I mean, I mean, how many times have you said that about David Price in the playoffs? Yeah. Ever once. Yeah, the only once. the only time I've said that about him is when he was a rookie, and they brought him out of the bullpen. Um, oh right, and he did fantastic against the Yankees. Um, that that rookie year, but yeah, other than that, he's been pretty poor in the playoffs. So, well, that might be the secret, right? Maybe that's how they need to use him. They need to, you know, well, no, I don't. You can't use him out of the bullpen. You need him to start, especially with Sale uh-huh. kind of pitching. I mean, I guess off. it depends, right? I mean, if they both win a game, and all of a sudden it's a five-game series, you know, you got to have somebody in the bullpen too. So, who knows right? how they handle it? And how is Boston's bullpen? I haven't watched enough of their games. Well, they sure have pitched well. I'll tell you what. <laughs> they're on paper. They're not near what the other bullpens are. You know, all these teams that are still in it, man, are are you know the class of the bullpens. Sure. And that's really become kind of the new thing. You look at the playoff teams um, from this year. I mean, the Yankees. They've got a, a nasty back end, right? They've got Absolutely. a seven eight guy, seven eight nine. Really, even a six seven eight nine when Robertson's on. Um, they had uh, Houston has really obviously adding Ozuna has been huge for them and has mm-hmm. kind of made their depth a little bit larger. You've got a guy like McCullers that bring out of the pen. Um, you know they've got uh, what's his name Davinsky, who's a really good pitcher. Um, not quite as good a year this year as last year, but still no, very but a great good. middle reliever. Yeah. So I, you know, I think the bullpen has really kind of been the, the big reason why these teams are having success. Um, you know, Boston, they've got Kimbrell at, at the back end, but now I think Barnes has been one of their guys in the seventh and eighth. Um, I'm trying to think who the other guy is, um, but yeah, obviously that's – and the Dodgers' success has had to do with it. Milwaukee's success is, is because of the bullpen. Uh, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee's success may be entirely due to their bullpen. Absolutely. I mean, I think maybe the Cubs might be the exception to the rule, although they have some talented arms too. Um, and I know that I, – I, I know that 
the that Yelich had a, an okay game last night. But Yelich really hasn't done hardly anything in this series. He didn't do much in the previous series. And, you know, Aguilar and uh, Arcia seem to be the big engine drivers. And they're, Arcia's hot. And uh, A-Rod brought up a really interesting point. And I don't like A-Rod very much as a commentator. I don't care about the steroid thing. I just, I don't think he's that yeah. engaging. You know, he, he seems like he's nervous to me all the time. Mm-hmm. But he a point thought great. And that was the teams that have been winning in the NLCS have been the teams that didn't hit the home runs in those games. Yeah. And that's really odd. Well, I think it does go against the grain of what baseball's been the last few years, right? The home run in has been such a big part of baseball. I mean, last, the record, year, yeah, right? last year was a record-setting season, right, with all the home runs. So um, I agree with A-Rod. I think that's a and, – and by the way, I don't think he's great personally, but I do love the banter between him and Big Poppy and right. having that kind of uh, Yankee Red Sox sort of – take on things you know which is cool i like it i'm not a huge fan of, of a rod either as a commentator but i do like that dynamic so and it's kind of fun for me i could I, see i can see david ortiz maybe turning off some people because of the accent yeah. the same way that pedro could have pedro martinez but i think that baseball is also trying to basically embrace the fact that they've got a huge um latino following and absolutely yeah and i think Having a Rod and, and Ortiz just brings listeners and viewers to the show, regardless, sure. Sure. you know, of whether they're good or not. It's just their name status, obviously. Well, so. like the, the guy that hosts the thing, the the pregame and the postgame show. Yes. Who is that? It's not Matt Vasgersian. It's uh. But you know, doesn't that seem weird that you? I can't. Like, I don't know who the guy name. is. No, I don't remember. You know, I may not know who the commentators are. There's one commentator. Is it? It's not Oral Hershiser, right? But it sure sounds like Oral Hershiser in a lot of the games on FS1. I don't know who's actually commentating, but yeah, it, I don't know. It sounds a lot like Kurt, or it sounds a lot like Hershiser, but I don't know. Cause I don't know what Hershiser's doing right now. I don't know if he's if he's like pitching coach for a team, or if he's commentating, or he's just on the sideline. Well, right? Or Hershiser oh. was a commentator, I thought on FS1. I'm not sure about this year, but I think last year he was. Maybe that's what it is. I know that Bob Uecker when he threw out the first ball and then he was commentating for the Brewers mm-hmm. uh, in one of those games or, or all of the, I don't know if he, maybe he did all of them maybe, but uh, still love him from oral the... sex, her size. What? <laughs> hey man, don't talk about the bulldog that way. Uh, I love it. Is it uh what's the guy's name on ESPN that does the, the look like thing you look, he looks like a, so it's uh, Levitard, Dan Levitard, oh. where they do that thing where <laughs> Oral Hershiser looks like the guy that wears shoes with no socks. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> In fact, I would say Oral Hershiser uh, could be Orville Redenbacher's like grandson. Oh, yeah. I think that he would fit in pretty well if he had glasses on, uh-huh. you know. He also looks like a high school principal. <laughs> 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 all right, sure. Yeah, uh, that's good. All right, so let's do predictions. I think we're all I think we're all in agreement that we think Milwaukee is most likely to move on. So, assuming it's Milwaukee versus Boston, yep. What do you think in terms of games and who wins it? I Boston is just too much. Uh, I think Milwaukee sneaks out one game. Um, Oof. I got Boston in five. How about you, JP? Well, I'll tell you what, it doesn't make a difference if it's Milwaukee or the Dodgers. I've got Boston in six. Yeah, I think I'll probably go with Boston in 
boy, five or six. That's a hard, that's a hard decision to make. Um, I'll go six. I think Milwaukee can win a pair of games at home. So I'll go Boston in six, but, uh, I'm just, ugh, just, I uh, just, <laughs> I can't Damn even tell you how it makes you just almost sick to think of them winning the world series, but you know, whatever. Uh, it, it's just, it is what it is. And I, uh, I'm not going to bet on the Dodgers at all tonight. Although I might bet on them at the spread. Because every time I seem to bet on them and the I spread, should, they if, seem to win. You should bet against them. Yeah. Because then you're happy no matter what. <laughs> if, if they lose, you win money. And if they win, they won. Right. That's a good point. That's Maybe I, I will do that. That's what I do with the Vikings a lot of the time. I'll just bet against them. So it's not a double whammy yeah, when and they I'm lose. Like, you know what? I won money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? Either way, you can be happy for the Do- I can be happy for the Dodgers because they made it at least within one game of the World Series again, which is a great season. And for a team that was not playing well and even had a chance of not making the playoffs coming down the stretch there, you know, they they did pull together and do a lot of things right. Yes. Just uh, frustrating to see something like Ryu give up four runs in the first. You know, I was mm-hmm. so – I came home and I was I was so dedicated yesterday. I went to the gym and then I was like, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to get stuff cooked and I'm going to start getting stuff packed for going on on the trip and be way ahead of the game and be really, you know, happy with how far ahead I am on mm-hmm. things. And I didn't realize it was 7 o'clock before I kind of finished, like, with prep work in the kitchen and sat down. Turned on the game. I thought, oh, it's probably 0-0. It's usually 0-0 to the third and the Dodgers with the, mm-hmm. the Brewers. And it was 4-1. to one, And you're like, oh, my goodness, you know. But then the Dodgers loaded the bases. Yeah. Had two I didn't men on that. with no outs. I, I mean, turned it off when it was 4-1, to one, so. Yeah, it was just disappointing that you can't – the Dodgers are, are – all they, they're a lot of a strikeout team a strikeout homer type team. And while when they've been playing small ball, they've played well and they've, they've done better. I, that's not who they are. Hmm. And that's what the thing with Milwaukee is. I don't feel like Milwaukee strikes out all the time. Yeah. Well, let me back up just a little bit. I, I will make this um, statement. I, if, if the Dodgers do win tonight, I will pick the Dodgers in the world series. Over, oh, wow. over the Red Sox. I think the matchup there and the experience there um, will prevail. I do, I do think it's just a good matchup for LA on paper. Uh, I like the way they uh, that. Yeah, I just like the matchup. So no, I see I, what you're saying. If yeah, it was yeah. the Dodgers, I would. Yeah, it's a different think, game. And I think if the Dodgers pull it out tonight, they're just a team of destiny, you know. And I think uh, they probably should have won it last year, even though Houston was fantastic. Um, they were just kind of the. They seemed like the team last year. To yeah, me. they did. But you, you mean know, you had two? You had like four teams that won yeah. 110 games. So, so oftentimes this is the season where teams kind of put it all together. So yeah, if they pull it out tonight. I will make the prediction that they are able to beat Boston. Yeah, it'd yeah. be a fun World Series for me for sure. Uh, I'm kind of bummed because I'll be out on a business meeting for the first two games of the World Series, and it's yeah. like, of course, the big dinner with the big wigs is the first game of the World Series. You ought to general. take a little uh, pond skipper from where you're at up to Boston for uh, game one there. Well, if I could afford a ticket, that'd probably be a blast. I can't imagine what that would cost. JP's got some connections up there in the Northeast. He's got to be able to pull some well, strings. I'll get, tell you get, what, for, for, a, for, a, for a ticket for, for Fenway, you're looking at $1,000. Oh, yeah, easy. What about if uh, what if you uh, got me a press pass for the sports offensive? Um, <laughs> I don't have to pull a lot of strings to do that. <laughs> I'd pull out the ball. Hell of a lot of strings to do that. 
Boston's just a band box too, so there's, yeah. there's probably not a whole lot of room for the press. And by there, the way, there's not. Yeah. I thought you get a kick out of this JP. The reason that we were having an echo there for a little bit when I first got it reconnected was I for, I, I turned uh, off my Bluetooth, but I forgot my phone was still on the uh, call, so I had oh, that, yeah, that, that'll do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> So the echo made a total sense, right? Because it should be an echo if you're doing it that way. So um, yeah, we 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 actually had that problem with a couple of JoJo's guests with because we could hear the echo when, when we didn't know that there was an echo. But when we heard the echo, it's like, hey, are you listening to the show on your radio? And while you're talking to us, it's like, well, yeah. I'm like, you got to turn it off because there's an echo. Yeah, I tell you what, I was trying to learn through Audacity how to remove an echo. And boy, it's it's almost impossible without yeah. like some really advanced software because you have to yeah. basic. It's a redundancy thing, and you'd have to basically what you have to do is you'd have to take the isolate. You'd have to map the entire thing, and then basically pull off the 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 one that's ahead, and then turn that and then eliminate background noise that was identical to that by starting it when the echo starts, like two seconds later. All so right, it'd be a so, it'd be a wild experience. Uh, JP, did you said you you got Boston in six? You got Boston in. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go with six, and you got them in six. I got them in five. Okay. Well, uh, we shall see what happens there, guys. Um, any anything else you wanted to touch on with baseball before we move on? Or I don't think so. Okay. I mean, there's only so much going on right now. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what's important, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, after World well, Series. Yeah be some movement this is going to be a big year for free agency yeah. so we'll have some uh speculation and uh real, all of that going on actually here in a let's few do weeks. that one one thing real quick we should speculate two things i want to actually ask you guys number one is kershaw can become a free agent now he probably will either way but do you think he would do it and re-sign with the dodgers or do you think he would go somewhere else boy i think he Ooh. would go somewhere else so where do you think he'd be a good candidate for boston Yep. New York. Yep. <laughs> always, right? You always got to say those two. Uh, I think those Philadelphia? are great. Chicago, Philadelphia. Yep. Boy, Philadelphia, that'd make a nice. Atlanta. I think that would be a good place. The Cubs. Yeah, I said Chicago. Yep. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep. Um, I could see him even going to L.A. across the street there. Mm, I'd be shocked if he did that. Would you? Well, he doesn't have that many years left. Yeah, but look at they. I mean, with Otani and Trout and you know Bryce Harper being. I mean, if they were to go out and just spend a bunch of money, they could be pretty good pretty quick. What's the Trout situation? Is he signed long term? No, um, he got an extension within the last couple of years, but no, I don't think he's signed long term. I heard that I heard rumblings of a lifetime contract. Right, where they said something like it'll be automatically one dollar more than the highest paid player in baseball right. or something like that. Yeah. So maybe that happens. I, uh, but I, I mean, I think, boy, I mean, you you got to think you had a team that made the World Series twice in a row. Be hard to leave that team, you know. Yeah, I mean, if the Dodgers make the World Series, it just depends what you're about, you know. Like, are you right. about getting that World Series win? Are you about getting paid $35 million a year? Are you about where you want to live? Do you want to right. be in California? Do you want to be in New York? Um, you know, I think a lot of those factors come into play. However, I, I think with Clayton Kershaw and knowing the pedigree of a, of a man like that, and that guy wants to win, man. That's what so I think, too. I, I think if, if L, L.A. is at all competitive, who wants to move? Move 
moving sucks. Yeah, it does. Right? So to me, and your wife probably loves living in LA yeah. where it's sunny every day and she can go shopping on Rodeo. And, Absolutely. You know, and they're hard also, to, they're huge, like uh, philanthropic people. Yes. And I don't just mean in terms of donating money. Yes. They like to go over like to, you know, Africa and, and, uh, and, and uh, South America do a lot of outreach programs. Oh, this, building uh, stuff. this gives me an opportunity to kind of go a little bit off, off topic here, but uh, Roberto Clemente just had his big anniversary of when he died. Oh, when he died. And uh, I, oh, wow. I, kinda, I knew like what happened. I knew he was in a plane crash um, and, he, you know, he had just gotten his 3000th hit and, you know, I didn't know the specifics of it. So I kind of looked it up uh, a couple of days ago when, you know, this anniversary. Um, it's an interesting story. So he's like a, uh, a Dominican, I think, and he was going. There was a big earthquake in Nicaragua and Managua that year, and uh, there, you know, he was putting together a bunch of relief supplies and sending them down there. And well, he had heard that there were like bandits and things like that that were kind of they were taking all the resources that he was sending and then profiting off it, you know, selling selling all his stuff. And so he was upset. So when, you know, he had set it up, he already had a, a ship going from the U.S. to uh, Managua uh, with a bunch of supplies. And it had left, you know, a week previously. Well, his wife brings him to the airport and she saw the plane and was quite concerned because it looked old. It was like an old ragged cargo plane. And, you know, he assured her, you know, it's I'll be OK. Everything's going to be all right. But he was getting on that plane, guys. Because he wanted to make sure that those supplies got in the right hands. You know, he, he was taking time out of his life to go and do this humanitarian work. And then this freaking plane crashes. And it's just so unfair. Um, so, yeah. I've never heard that story. Yeah, just a really uh, a heartbreaker, man. You know, and, you know, his wife was like, man, he could have just waited a day, you know. But right. he that boat was going to arrive, you know, later that day. And that shipment from the plane, he wanted to be sure that those people got what they needed to get. And he was, he was not taking no for an answer, you know? And well, especially back in those days, they didn't, players weren't paid nearly as much. So it was probably a big deal for him to give up so many, you know, spend so much money on supplies. Yeah. I mean, this was, it was like, I think they said it was like $40,000 worth of, and then, you know, in 1963, was that? That's a lot of money. 73, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Either or is yeah. a lot of money, you know, yeah. so that's before all the inflation and everything. So, and I, I'd heard, all, I'd heard most of that story. I hadn't heard the part about the plane being rickety. Yes. Very rickety. Boy, I hate flying. And boy, if I had a, if I had a rickety plane, I can I'd almost guarantee I wouldn't be hopping on that thing. Yeah. Oh, just makes your, it just kind of makes your heart sink. You know, the guy was definitely, definitely trying so hard. Yeah. You know? Just trying to do the right thing and be a good person. And, um, yeah, just terrible, terrible thing. But uh, sorry to so divert us from uh, no, what we were talking about. It's that's not, a great story. It's a really cool story. And he's a good uh, guy, obviously. I mean, a very, very devoted humanitarian. Yeah, you hear all this bad crap all the time. you got to talk about the good <laughs> stuff, too. Exactly. Uh, so the other question I was going to ask you about free agency coming up is yes. Bryce Harper. Yes. So I, I, you, is there any chance he stays in Houston? Or, I mean, excuse me, Washington? I, you wouldn't think so, right? They look like they're on the way down. I think uh, they're going to blow it up in Washington. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's time for them. They see what's happening with Philadelphia and Atlanta, who are miles ahead. Um, it's time for them to blow it up. So 
I, as much as I hate to say it and as much as you guys are going to hate to hear it, Bryce Harper was born with pinstripes on. You know, it's just like uh, Robert Downey Jr. He was born to play Iron Man. Bryce Harper was born to be a Yankee. That, uh, <laughs> that I just think it's just a match made in heaven, guys. Bryce Harper in that city, he's a lefty. They got that short porch out there. Uh, to me, it's just a, it's a too good a fit. Now, what do they do? Because who else plays out in that outfield, right? They've so got Stanton's at, well, Stanton's DHs, I think. Okay, right? but then they have Judge. They have Gardner. Judge play, I thought Judge was a first. No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And then the third guy Gardner. was Ellsbury, and they were sharing it. I forget who else it was. One of the kids that they had brought up, I think. Yeah, I mean, Didi Gregorius is going to be gone all year, so I don't know if they could move someone into that spot. Do you think he'll miss the whole season? Well, yeah, I think so. I don't so. think so. Maybe he comes back for the last couple of months. Really? I don't know, man. UCL certainly I mean, just had it. Yeah, but he's not a it pitcher. It sounds like half the season. Yeah, half the season. I think that's a little more accurate. I can't remember who it was. A t- one of the twins had that surgery. I don't know if it was Sano. I think it was Sano when he was real young. Um, but yeah, he missed about half a season. Okay, well, it's I, not quite the same effect uh, as it is on a pitcher. You're not throwing quite so many. Yeah. But anyway, well, yeah, that's great. Bryce Harper should be able to come back. Uh, Bryce Harper was made to live in New York City. If he's not you a know Yankee, what? I'll be shocked. Bryce Harper's kind of pompous, kind of a kind of a douche, and. Uh, you know, fans are not real, real thrilled with him overall unless he's hitting a home run for him. It's kind of like a Bonds in that way. So, it Yankees would fit. And I also think, imagine having. I, I guess you would probably go Judge, Harper, Stanton in your lineup, probably. Yeah. Uh, maybe you put Stanton first so he gets maybe less strikeouts. But boy, that's a three, four, five to strike terror in any pitcher's heart. I mean, I couldn't imagine facing that lineup. No, I mean, how do you? I mean, what do you do about the rest of the lineup that's also dangerous? You know, yeah. I mean, they don't have a lot of big holes in that lineup anymore. Nope. They've um, done a really good job. Yeah, Cashman finally got to be a GM. <laughs> right, right. Steinbrenner's sons don't seem to have nearly as much interest as being involved in day-to-day stuff. Yeah, and which is a good thing, right? Ownership getting involved like that almost never works out. Dan Snyder's been a train wreck. Jerry Jones has been a train wreck when he gets involved. Steinbrenner was that way. You know, I mean, can you think of any instances where, although Steinbrenner, he got in the way, but they won, they've won a number of titles. Well, but remember that he stepped back when they brought in Cashman. Yeah. And then he started getting involved again. And that's when they went from winning those like four, three world, three or four world series. But it was the same thing with Jones. They both had success as owners doing that, but then they weren't able to sustain that success. Right. And then they had to bring it. Well, because both of them had that problem where they suddenly got involved again. Yeah. And it was like okay, now we've got a good team. Now I want to get involved again. You know, and it's, it, I understand the obsession. I'd probably feel the same way if I bought a team. You know, hey, if you buy a Mega Millions ticket for Tuesday, now that's up to $1.6 billion, I mean, you can buy a baseball team now. Yeah. So would you be able to so say nobody, I was going to say, no, nobody won because I know I didn't win. Nobody won Powerball. And, JP, I'm going to say something. Um, because of when you're on the phone, I think it's because Blog Talk puts you on like a, a standby kind of. When you come back, uh-huh. if you come back and you say la- something loudly into your microphone, it causes a really loud scratch onto the audio. Oh. I was going to say, if you start okay. to say something, I would say talk quietly when you first start to talk, and then you can get louder. Once it, like, starts your – once it, like, opens up your mic, it's fine. 
but it's just like that oh, very okay. first. Well, let, I'll tell you what. Let me interject something real quick here because it's 11:55 uh, East Coast time. I have a noon game on my. I have two picks today in the college football corner. Uh, my upset of the day is a noon game, so I got to get this down here now in case anybody wants oh, to I, bet it. I want to get a bet uh, on it. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so Auburn at Ole Miss. Auburn's favorite by four and a half. Auburn just lost to Tennessee. Ole Miss's only two losses on the season are LSU and Alabama. I have Ole Miss at home, winning 31-21. 31-21 Mississippi. So are you is that Ole Miss, Ole Miss, not Mississippi. Mississippi State's playing LSU tonight. That's my other pick. Oh, I saw I saw Auburn playing Mississippi. So uh, so Auburn and who else? Uh, it's uh, the first. This is the noon game. Auburn and Ole Miss are playing. It's minus four and a half. Ole Miss, I have winning thirty-one twenty-one, and I'll give you tonight's game too. Twenty oh, over so, twenty-two. Mississippi. Go ahead. So Mississippi, Mississippi is a plus five against Auburn. Got it. And he's taking. Are you taking the spread? He's taking Mississippi. I'm taking Ole Miss. Okay. But you're you're saying they're going to win. Yes. So what's the money line on that, Mark? Plus one seventy. Okay, I might do that. Yeah, it'd be a nice payoff. So 50 would pay. Auburn is not looking very good right now. They're having a lot of trouble on offense. Ole Miss defense, not very good, but Ole Miss can score a heck of a lot of points on you real fast. Yeah, 50 plays, pays 85 on that. Yeah. I don't know. Do, I, do we dare do the money oh, yeah. line? I mean, I'm that's a scarier it. bet. <laughs> I'm already going to – I'm in, dude. How much are you throwing in there? 50. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it didn't log me in yet. You know, I'd be curious to see if, if we have any of our listeners wanted to call in or text in or, or send messages or post on our Twitter or uh, Facebook pages and uh, let us know kind of what they use as a betting site. Because everybody I know pretty much uses Bovada. I do know one of our friends uses U.S. Bets. I think it's U.S. Bets or BetUS. BetUS. And I used them at one point. You're I always felt I always felt like – they were a half a point worse on their spreads. And that's why I didn't like using them. And I also, I guess I'm a little bit less anxious to use an American based gambling network because <laughs> about getting, when it comes to getting your money, you right. mean? Yeah. That's, that's the issue, isn't it? Well, we'll see. I cashed out. I have a nice fat check coming to me. I don't know when it'll be here. It's been almost three weeks though. To get your check from Bovada? Yeah. Or two wow. weeks. I'm sorry. Two weeks. It's well, been I'm going to say, because when I did it, I think I got mine in like six days. Yeah. And I just remember going into my it's bank. It's been and about ten. I had to, have my, I had to like kind of talk to the bank and be like, well, where'd you get this from? What is this check? Oh, it I just different. deposited <laughs> it right through the uh, drive-thru. Oh, did you? And it yeah. worked out okay? Yeah. Yeah. I just figured when you, bet, when you, when you deposit something like a check like that, then you just have to wait like five days and I make did sure it's cleared. I did have <laughs> my bank call me. Uh, when I made my initial deposit, though, and asked if I was using uh, – it was some country. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Of- yeah, yep, I sure am. <laughs> yeah, I'd just be like, oh, I ordered some stuff on Wish.com. Just leave me alone. Shut <laughs> yeah. up. I'm like, what are you putting that much money in there for? <laughs> and you know what's also weird is Bovada, then they still have an, like a, a, a welcome bonus. Like I thought about making a new account under new emails and stuff like that, but I think some of your information is the same, so you wouldn't get it. But yeah. they used to always do that double-up bonus. 
for the beginning of the football season. And whatever you put in, they gave you a hundred percent bonus. I probably heard them. <laughs> well, I mean, boy, I, I I never won when they did that though. So I mean, in some well, ways they also, it had to work for them. They also used to do. They did this two or three years in a row, where if you bet at least a hundred dollars every single week, they gave you two hundred at the end of the season. Yep. Yep. Yep, I remember that, and I and I got that bonus at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, I got it a couple of years in a row, at least two. I don't know if they did it more than that or not. I forget. I was just only one year that, that I got it. That was an easy two hundred bucks. I just had that one crazy year where I won all. I won three of my fantasy leagues, including the big three that with the, with the big money, and then I also uh, got that two hundred from that, and then I also won a pick'em league as well as the survivor in that pick'em league mm. just had a crazy year. And that's when I won like 1700 bucks and I bought my gaming laptop, mm-hmm. you know, because I, it was the only time I'll ever have that kind of cash to, to blow all at once. Sure. So um, anyway, JP, do you want to reread that uh, trivia question for everybody? Oh uh, yeah. 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 I can uh, hold on. I got to I got to move the TV there. <clears throat> of course I was doing a little headgear first time. Uh, Game day is up in Pullman, Washington, Washington State versus Oregon tonight. So the trivia question of the week is, and then everybody got that that betting line there handled down right, okay? What's the, why don't you give us your second pick too? You said you had a one for tonight. Okay, I'll give you. I'll, okay, yeah, there's one for tonight. It's it's a uh, it's going to be a seven o'clock East Coast game or seven thirty East Coast game. It's number twenty two Mississippi State versus number five LSU. LSU is a six and a half point favorite. Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State is one of the best rushing teams in the conference, along with Georgia. LSU held Georgia to 103 yards rushing last week. I have LSU in a blowout in this one, 34-17, covering the six and a half points. Huh, I'm trying to find them on the on the betting line here. And LSU doesn't come up. So what what does LSU stand for? Louisiana State University. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, um, just look up wow, Tigers. What's that? They're still in the SEC. Look up the look up SEC yeah. specifically. SEC. Oh, you know, you do that SEC for... what? Oh, he's trying to make with... he's trying to make a bet, and it's got like every game on here, and he's having a hard time finding the one he wants because there's so many college now, games. You can organize it by conference. Look at it. So, so the other thing is with LSU, people are saying this might be a trap game. I don't see it whatsoever. They have a bye next week, and guess who coming to Baton Rouge in two weeks? Number Bama. one, Alabama. Bama. <laughs> so, JP, in your opinion, what, they're not on here. That's so weird. I, LSU and or Louisiana State, neither one of those is on the on here. Did it weird? already start? Uh, I thought you said it was that's tonight. Oh. There it is. Why does some reason LSU doesn't come up, but LS does? So, yeah, so, JP, it's negative six for LSU. So you're thinking Mississippi State covers that? No, 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 no. LSU wins outright. They blow them out, 34-17. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm taking LSU all the way. Here's the reasoning. Last year, uh, Mississippi State and Starksville won 37-7 on a very not good LSU team. This LSU team is completely different than last year's team. And you think it's a trap game? They want revenge on this team because they got outmanned at Origin said. They got outmanned and out, out, out physical against that team last year. They want to pound Mississippi State into the ground. Mississippi State is 0-25 versus top 15 teams. Wow. Oh, wow. That's not a good stat. So which, team, which one do you like better, buddy? 
Uh, the one I like better would be the LSU one, but I'm very confident. Tamu's got on the field right now. They're running the first play. I like uh, Ole Miss, too. And they just uh, got nine yards on the first pass. All right, go Mississippi we go. State yeah, or Mississippi. We're, we're in. We're in on go that Ole Miss. game. Yeah, if this one hits, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll carry it over and I'll put my winnings on, on the other one. How's that sound? <laughs> there so you go. <laughs> question on all of our local listeners' minds. You and I have almost the exact same balance. Well, yeah, because I didn't cash out a whole bunch of cash, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although I do have a lot of futures bets set up, so at least it, if nothing else, I'll have fun during the playoffs because I'll have, be looking for my one of my teams to make it to the Super Bowl. There you go. Um, what do you think, JP, about CU playing Washington? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously we all think Washington will win, but do you think CU can make it a competitive game? Not so fast on Washington to win. I'm going to tell you what, Washington has three key players out for this game and injured. Washington showed that against Oregon, they are not the best team in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is not a very good conference overall, as you just saw uh, Colorado and USC last week. Colorado has a chance to actually go into Washington and win. I think it's a 14 or 10-point spread. Let me look. Oh, I didn't think it was that big. I thought it was only. uh, Let let me, I got to get to the right page here. Uh, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, CU definitely has a shot to win the game. Uh, like you said, I don't think Washington. I don't think Washington. It's a seventeen and a half point spread. Oh wow! It's that so we big. only have seventeen yeah. on Bovada, but yeah, okay, that's a big spread. I don't know where ESPN gets their spreads, but that's a big spread. But Washington is is kind of falling apart here. Um, let me just go back to their the last five here. Uh, I mean, they lost in overtime to Oregon. Uh, it was a close. They had a 31-24 win over UCLA. Uh, number 20 BYU, who beat Wisconsin, who lost to Michigan, um, 35-7, 27-20 over Arizona State. Utah was 21-7. So they're not scoring a lot of points. And the thing we know CU can do is score points. Yeah, they can give up points too, though. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. I mean, the defense with a 17-point spread, boy, really? I tell you what, that's tempting. To bet on that 17 points? Yeah, that's really tempting. Looking at what they've just done in the past couple of weeks, that 17-point spread. I mean, because even CU came back and I think covered the – no, they didn't cover the spread versus USC, but they came darn close. Mm, kind of. What was that spread? It was seven? Yeah. It was seven. I bet on that, and then they, they looked like they were not even going to compete for a while, and then they kind of scored some late points, and they, they lost, what, what, 31-20, I think? Uh, 31-21 or 31-20, something like that. Yeah, I think it was 11 points that they lost by. So it was one of those games that, you know, like there's too many times that I'm getting old, I can tell, because I fall asleep too early. Like I'll fall asleep at like 10.45 or 11, and the games on the West Coast, you know, they're not even over yet. And I just can't help it anymore. I, I'm so so locked into my getting up early for work mode that it take it would take me a week to get out of it. I think so. But I'll be watching it. Today. Hey, imagine so, my, imagine my dismay here on the East Coast, man. That game was it was after midnight. And I could barely keep my eyes open with a with the Dodger game. I couldn't. <laughs> oh, dude, I can't even stay up for the out here on the, in in Mountain Time. And I tell you what, next week when I'm in the East Coast time zone. I don't know if I'll be able to stay up and watch the end of the games because I got a the business meeting I'm going to. It starts at seven, so oh, I don't know. 
it's, it's a really weird thing is that Monday when I get there for Monday Night Football, like I noticed this when I was out East Coast last year, it is crazy, man. You can go out, have dinner, you know, do whatever, and like not get home. It's like 8 o'clock, 8.30, even like almost 9, and the game will be in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's just staggering. I don't know how people can – no wonder New York starts at like 9 a.m. and not 7 because mm-hmm. how could – I mean, nothing is geared for it, you know? It's true. Right. But, uh, JP, so let's go ahead and do that question. Sure. Okay. Let's read it one more time for you guys. The Red Sox are headed to the World Series for the 13th time. What two AL teams have more, have made more appearances? So there's two teams that have made more appearances. What two teams are they, and do you know the number? Well, so, should we start with the obvious one? So we know the Yankees. Yeah. Right. And yep, you're right. World Series they've been in. I don't know if we, we 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 went over this one time before. How many they've won or how many they've been in? That says they're headed to how the many World Series. Been in? I think the Yankees have been in over forty. I'm thinking you've got to be right. I think it's like forty-five. I'll go forty-two. Yeah. Are we close You're on that? Wrong. You're close. <laughs> if you would have stuck right at the number forty, you'd be right. Oh. Uh-huh. How many they won? They've been- <laughs> 23 or 24? Oh, they won 24? That's what I, I thought I it was 24. You might be right. We need an intern. This is why we need yeah. an intern. Uh, we, you know, uh, yeah. uh, one of our fans of our show was supposed to was supposed to be a, a lookup guy for us, but he didn't respond to, to the text last night. So uh, Wolfslagel was gonna was gonna do uh, live because he he's like he listens to the show and he'll always want to say like, oh, that's it. You're close, but you're not quite right. And I was like, well, hey, man. We'll take we'll take a we'll take a stat check. <laughs> no, I can't. We, it's hard to look stuff up while you're talking because you, you end up getting like you know you get that dead air kind of thing going right, on. Right. Right. So, well, um, so the other team have, having to speculate. I mean, all so many of the teams in the AL. I'm going down the list, right? I'm I started in the AL East. Well, know. so my thought is my my guess is the A's combining Philadelphia, um, Oakland, and Kansas. <sighs> And I okay. would say that they've been in 17, I guess. Okay. So that's, my, that's, that's exact. That was my guess as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's to... okay. I, I, uh, I was just going to get to it a little bit more drawn out by kind of doing a process of elimination. But, you know, you look in the East, obviously we talked about Boston and New York, but Tampa's too new, Toronto's too new, and Baltimore is terrible. So I can't be them. You know, you look in the Central – Cleveland hasn't been in it enough. Detroit was my second guess. So I mm. thought maybe they had some success back in the day that they might be in it. So if I had to guess, you know, them, uh, Minnesota just hasn't done it enough. Kansas city's too new. Um, you know, and the white Sox haven't done it enough. Although I, that was my third choice. So then I guess I went down the West and they're all your third choice is the white Sox. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you know it's not the Rangers. Yeah, you know it's not the Mariners. Rangers are too new. Mariners too new. Angels too new. Probably. Even. Probably. Yeah, they didn't. They came around after the Dodgers. Yeah. Moved so I to guess. LA. And then Houston has been in the National League, and uh, they didn't have a ton of right. success in that right. league. So and they haven't been around that long either. No. They were the Colt Forty Fives. They were. Yeah, a couple to different start with, things. I think, I think the uh, Pilots or something. Or no, that Maybe. was Seattle. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, you're right. I forget. Anyway, that's how I landed at my answer was Oakland. So, so what's your number guess? Uh, I would say 18. 18. Okay. So now JP did say it was a two-part answer. So I'm wondering if it's possible that we're talking about a very old school team 
that then changed their like the Cleveland Spiders. Is yeah. it, like did the Spiders become the Indians or did yeah. they become something else? No, I'm pretty sure the Spiders. Now, if it's the, it could be the Indians because the Spiders with Cy Young. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't even know how many. I don't know when they started doing the World Series, but yeah. he was, you know, crazy dominant. Now, who did Old Boss Hog or whatever play for? Who did he pitch for? Old Hoss Redborn. Old Hoss Redborn. Oh uh, boy, I think he was part of that squad too. So I'm going to say that that's my other choice would be the Indians and the, the Spiders slash Indians. Same guess would be like around, well, I, I'd say, yeah, 17 would be my guess still. I just don't think anybody's had, no one but the Yankees have been in them all the time. Yeah. So what do you got? All right. Okay. Well, you guys are right on the first one. It is the A's. Okay. Uh, cool. You're wrong on the number. Okay. So it's 14. Now here's the second part of the question. How many came in Oakland? How many came in Philadelphia? I would, what's, what's the number again? I would 14? say it's only 14. one or two in Philly. It's so, only got to be one or two in Philly. One, two. Maybe more, I guess. Three. Oh, I don't know. Four. I think there was four in Oakland. I'll say probably, I'll, I'll say three in Philadelphia. And so that would leave seven in Kansas City. No, there's only okay, the two. Okay, so here. Oh, oh, there's only two? Yeah, they didn't win it's, any in Kansas City. Hmm. It's Oakland and Philadelphia. Oh, it's just Oakland and Philadelphia. Okay. Huh. Well, I don't think – I think You said Oakland, it's 14. I'll say that it's uh, – I'm going to go 10 in Philly then. I'll go 9 in Oakland. I'll go 10 Philly. Wow, you guys are complete opposites here. Okay, that actually is 6 in Oakland, 8 in Philadelphia. Oh, oh wow. So close. Yeah. Almost even. Yep. Darn. Yep. Okay, because I was thinking, I, mean, I knew the A's were in the 70s. Yeah. Oh. They made it three times in a row. Yeah. Obviously, they made it in 89 yep. because they won the World Series. 88 and 89, right? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, uh, LA. Eight, oh, oh, just 88. I'm sorry. They, yeah. Oh, no, they did make it another year because they played the Giants. I thought they did. I thought they, because it was the earthquake. Right. What yeah. year was that? That was 90? 89. Was that 89? Yeah. They made I'm it back. I'm pretty sure it was 89. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 89. Huh. Yep, and then wow. they made it again in '94. Well, I didn't think they'd ever made the World Series again. Oh, but maybe you're right. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, because the number was higher than I thought, so yeah, you could be right. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought they made it one more time, like in in '94. I wanted to say, but have to look back up. when they were playing against Toronto all the time. Yeah. Well, you I know, I thought uh, it was a Bay Series thing too. I thought it was another Bay Series. 89 was the Bay Series where the earthquake happened, yeah, right? Yeah, 89 or 90. Okay. And the that was the Giants were in that one. The yeah. Giants didn't make it again until they played the Angels. And then they lost to the okay. Angels, and then they had those three So then maybe wins. that was it for Oakland. But uh, team, remember those teams? Oh, Ricky fantastic. Henderson, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Carney Lansford, Dave Henderson, Dave. What was the other Dave? It was Dave Henderson and Dave, Dave Parker. Dave Parker. Yeah. And then they had Dave Stewart on the mound. Yes. Eckersley in the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, thick, uh, uh, who else do they have pitching? Star- uh, Welch, Bob Welch. Yep. Um, who was the last guy to win over 25 games? Really? Uh, what else? Who else pitched for that team? Rick Honeycutt? Yes. He was a he was like a seventh, eighth inning guy. Yeah. Um, I, I think – a, a little previous to that, Goose was there, wasn't he? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that was before those those teams, though. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not positive, but I do remember my buddy AJ lo- loved Carney Lansford. Man, that was the captain. He was great, man. Fantastic player. 
you know, very yeah. steady at third base, uh, and then just a great. He was kind of like a poor man's Wade, a Wade Bog. Yeah, is what he was. You Looked know? like it too. Yeah, you know, he'd hit maybe ten home runs, ten, twelve home runs, but always a three hundred. Had a nice three fifteen. Yeah, good always. on base percentage. Yep. And he was a number two hitter back when that mattered. Right. Remember, you had your leadoff guy who was your speed guy, your on base yeah. guy, and your number two guy Contact. was a guy who didn't strike right, didn't strike out, hitting runs, bunts could steal and had a and had a good eye didn't strike out yep. that was the key not striking out because your three hitter was your best hitter and then your four hitter was your power hitter both those guys tended to strike out fairly high but they drove in runs so, right that was the, the, the trade-off was to make sure your first two guys were like would get on so these guys could drive them in mm-hmm. so but yeah boy those were good teams i was not an a's fan back then because they you know the dodgers and the a's kind of had a little rivalry and then yeah. giants and a's you know that was back when Remember, you only got to watch the games of your team back then. Mm-hmm. And so you got really segmented on who you would root for and who you didn't like, even if it oh, was yeah. a good team, you know? Twins had a little rivalry going with them, too, because they were the Twins won the World Series in 87, and uh, they had a good playoff series with Oakland that year. And then who? Then they won in 91? 91, yeah. The, the year of the two worst-to-first teams, Minnesota yes. and the Braves. Yeah. Oh, the Sid Bream. Oh, I hated that team because I loved the Pirates back then, man. Yeah. Doug Drabeck and Bonds and Van Slyke. Sid and, Bream. Yeah, <laughs> Sid Bream, dude. That just unathletic doofus running around third base, huffing and puffing for all he was worth and did nothing all year and his whole career except for that one that one art that one run. Who else did they, who else did they have? Who else did Pittsburgh have back then? They had a big three. Oh, Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. Who's still getting paid by the Mets. Yeah, right. <laughs> What a contract that guy got! Yikes! Yeah. Well, great question, JP. That was that was very yeah. interesting. Yeah, we haven't spent that much time on a trivia question in <laughs> quite some time. Yeah, good times, good times. So, uh, you know, I, I do like. I, I don't want to focus on the Broncos too much, but I think it's important to think about because obviously the hometown team here. You know, so they looked miraculous on Thursday. Now, of course, we'll put the disclaimer. Right. So my question is, what was the big difference? Because the Cardinals have played some other teams tough. They haven't like been rolled over. What did the Broncos change? Was it just, were the Broncos just so embarrassed that the team was like, just had a chip on their shoulder finally, or I don't know. It looked like they had a game plan, which is weird because they've never looked like they've had a plan under Vince Joseph. Let me, let me chime in on this one first, Nate, if you could. Um, they're playing for Vance Joseph's job. I mean, does he last? I mean, can you, if he loses to KC, can you fire him? No. Then they have Houston. Can you fire him? Maybe. Then they have a bye week. They were literally playing for Vance Joseph's job. If they didn't win that game, Vance Joseph was fired. Am I right or am I wrong? I, no, I would have to agree with that. I think there is, there is a lot of speculation out there about that. Um, had they lost to Arizona and a rookie quarterback and a team that's struggling like that, yes, I would agree with JP that they would have severed ties there. So uh, you said it, and I'm going to steal this from DMAC as well, but this was their Super Bowl. Um, really, it was. They they had to win this game. And to me, you watch Denver play, they've got some talent. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, that guy can still play football, and he is a fantastic receiver. Uh, I don't like his idiot, stupid uh, <laughs> penalties. Penalties, you know, they cost him the game two weeks ago against LA. 
Um, that really ticked me off. Well, did it really cost them the game? Cause yes. I, th- I think LA, I think the LA let them back into the game. I think that if LA felt threatened, I think they would have rolled them possibly. However, that would have turned the tide, you know, boy, that was what a helped. big momentum shifter. Get that uh, field goal instead. Yeah. Not, you know, not only do they not just get the ball at the one, they get a move. They have to move all <laughs> the way back penalty. because of the penalty. <laughs> Had he not got it that. It ended up being like first and 20, right? First, yeah. Or well, it would have been, the 20. it would have been right on the one. You could have just punched it in. You right. Know? Just have Royce go up the middle. Even though that's not a guarantee with the Broncos either, but uh, <laughs> 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 I, I, I do think it was their Super Bowl. I think you guys both nailed it. I think Vance is certainly a player's coach, and I think the players showed, hey, this is our guy. Let's keep him around. You know, and they all came to play. I mean, Vaughn was jacked up. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys heard the story, but you, we all saw the comments, right? Comments leading up to the game. Sure. We're going to go out and kick their ass, basically. Well, I heard the story yeah. behind that, and uh, – I guess he brought it up in his linebackers meeting a couple of days previous to the press conference and was like, Hey, what do you guys think? This is what I'm going to say. And they <laughs> love, and they loved it, you know? And so he had discussed it with his, his fellow linebackers and his linebacker coach. And so you can see when they do the interview, when he's asked the question that he's not really answering the question. Right. So he wanted to say this <laughs> and he had planned it. So uh, I really thought it was great leadership, and uh, he came out and delivered. You know, there were some game-changing sacks, you know. Like, yeah, he's just a fantastic player. Man. And Chubbs had two sacks. Broncos had three picks, I think, at least two. Two for touchdowns, anyway. Yeah. Two pick sixes. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Lindsey looked great. Uh, the trick play with Sanders passing. The deep pass to Sanders wide open. I love Bill Musgrave. I love the guy. I'm, I'm not kidding you. The last couple of weeks, man, his play calling is freaking great. Uh, that hook and ladder a couple of weeks ago was a, that guy has some nuts. I'm, I mean, that was a ballsy call. And I'll tell you what, eight times out of 10, the way that thing lined up, they score a touchdown, right? Right. There. It just like, he bobbled it just enough because the, the guy, I don't know if it was luck or if the guy was aware enough that when he went to tackle the guy, he kind of wrapped him up and was able to kind of hit his arms, you know, mm-hmm. and it just was enough to throw off that play. But I, I think Bill Musgrave is the real deal. I love what he's doing here. Um, they ran the football really well. They have all year. Um, and they had a game plan, like Mark said. I think that's really the key is they stuck to that game plan. But, of course, anytime you get, you know, 14 points from your defense, life gets a little easier. Well, anytime but... everything goes right, it looks like everything – looks like you made a great, you know, guess or whatever. Yeah. But what I think stood out to me – and I, I'm still in favor of getting rid of Vance Joseph. I, I like the guy plenty. I just think that the culture has been damaged enough that well, it's is, not going to fix while he's there. I think this is the opportunity to change it. Um, can get on a roll going here? Absolutely. I mean, if they can go to Kansas City and win, Vance Joseph has a job to the end of the year for sure. Oh, yeah. That would seal the deal for the rest I of mean, the year. I mean, that that would be the Super Bowl for the Broncos to me. <laughs> yeah. But I see what you mean. This was the do-or-die game. to this point, yes. Right. This was a definitely a do-or-die game. For sure. Now, I guess what I'm also thinking is the reason that I still think that it's a coaching problem for the Broncos, they did almost beat the Chiefs. They hung with the Rams. Now, they just didn't win these games. Now, they should have, they should have beaten the Chiefs. That yeah. was inexcusable. They should have. But 
the Rams game, I mean, they did hang tough. They did play well. And they've done that in other games this year. They just have those games where they lay those eggs. And when you have a team that lays multiple eggs, especially back-to-back games like the Broncos had done, to me, that is a coaching problem because you see the talent did keep them in these other games. So, you know, if the team was truly prepared, you know, it seems like it would be – I think this is just a classic example of a young coach. Um, I do think Vance has a good plan going in every week. However, I think Vance is learning that you can't just have plan A. Right. Uh, You know, they they go into the locker room, things got to change. And I think that's why you see guys like Kyle Shanahan and Bill Belichick and Andy Reid have all the success is because they can make adjustments in game. You know, whereas I think these young coaches struggle to do it. No, we got to stick to the plan. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to throw short passes until we get down into the red zone. And then we're going to pound and ground, you know, and, mm-hmm. or whatever that philosophy is for that night, you know. And then I think that's become a lot of coaches' downfalls. You can't just you beat your head against the wall if it's not working. <laughs> Right, and just say, oh, I'm gonna, we're going to make it work. We're yes. going to make this. We're going to get that yes. round peg in that yeah, square Sean hole. Yeah, Sean McVay, another guy that just makes you know great adjustments in game. Absolutely. So you know, I I guess I wonder if they're – sometimes it seems to me like it's disjointed in terms of what the offense tries to do and what the defense tries to do. Mm-hmm. Like I think you should say, okay, we're going to try and do a stop their running game and hopefully keep their scoring down. So we're going to run the ball to run the clock out. Okay, this one, we're going to try and stop their running game, but they are a good passing team, so we're going to need to pass as well. So we're going to go, we're going to do more of an aerial style offense. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like those things, met, I don't think that, like, those match up a lot of times for the Broncos. And I, to me, that's, I, I think that's one of their problems. Absolutely. You, know? you mean just from a matchup standpoint, you mean they're not able to? Well, no, just that they don't run the, the right kind of game plan for defense to mesh the game plan they want to do on offense. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Like they're too independent, mm-hmm. and I don't think that, that. I think you don't. I don't think you can do that. I think you have sure. to have a full game plan. Well, that they don't seem to have. Right when the uh, right arm isn't coordinated with the left arm, I'm serious. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I I could tell you stories about my life experiences in that situation. <laughs> I uh, just briefly. So I do pay a true green to do like some yard work for me. You know, they take care of my sprinklers and my trees and come and spray you know the yard and things like that so um they're supposed to come four times a year for my sprinkler system they come once to open it twice during the summer to kind of like you know make some adjustments or replace a head or whatever and then they come once at the end to blow the system out and you know for the freezing and winterize it right so they haven't been out once this year so (laughs) they will call me they'll get an appointment set up and it'll be like the week before, you know, and they'll be like, okay, it's today's Wednesday. We're going to come next Wednesday. And I'm, every time I'm like, Hey, I work for a living during the day. Can someone please call me before next week, you know, and let me know like a, at least a time window so I can take some time off of work and be there. Cause for the sprinkler thing, I got to have my garage open and they got to have access to the, the sprinkler system. Right. Gotcha. So they'll, they'll never call me. So then the day of, I'll be going into work and I'll get a, you know, a phone call from them. So-and-so will be at your house between 7 a.m. and 5 p.m. today. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm going to work. But then I'll get a call at like 3 o'clock. Hey, we're going to try to come over today. You know, and it's like, I'm in work. I'm not answering the call. Well, then they just never follow up. Wow. So I was going to call. Did you get a refund? 
Well, they, I didn't pay. If they don't come, you don't pay. Oh, okay. So I haven't paid. But, I mean, come on. Wouldn't you as a company that that's a guaranteed whatever, $100 for the summer from somebody, and they just don't show up? So obviously the, the service department and the scheduling department are not working together, right? Yeah. So I to this woman finally <laughs> the other day, I called in and I said, look. I'm going to cancel all of my services with you unless you're able to set up an appointment with me and someone can show up and call me ahead of time and, you know, all this. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. You know, I'm sorry that this has happened. And so they told me they were going to call me before the weekend. <laughs> you think I got a call yesterday? Sure. Did. No, no. Wow. That's inexcusable. Well, so I know how to do it. I'm going to it's just a pain in the ass. So I pay these people to do it because I don't want to do it. I have a freaking crawl space. I don't want to go down in there. <laughs> I remember one time I got called by like a recruiter for that company. Uh, I don't know if it was True Green. It's the one that actually does service, like actually cuts the lawn and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I don't know if it was True Green or for someone else. Lawn or <laughs> no, a True Green sounds right. I think they do. Yeah, um, they do all that stuff. But anyway, they they call me. They you know they'd seen I had like experience in sales on the phones and stuff. And obviously it, it wasn't a very good position. But uh, I remember talking to the guy and he started telling me like kind of like the the what your average day would be like. And I mean, this just sounded horrible. So, you know, you work in a call center, you make 75 to hundred calls a lot of times if you're doing mm-hmm. outbounds, right? Well, this guy says we expect 300 dials a day. And I went, Oh, so you have like a robo dialer. And so it just like picks up whatever the next open line is when you, when you hang up. No, we just have phones. I went, you have to dial uh-huh. 300 calls a day on a keypad. And he like was acting like I was like, I was being like rude for asking that question. And I said, I said, do you have success there? Because I can't imagine anyone would stick around for more than like a month doing that kind of work. Yeah, no so then he tells me the wage was $9 an hour, which now, of course, since then, the wage, minimum wage here has been risen to 10 15 I think. Yeah. $10.15, 10, $10. Yeah, I think. Okay. But anyway, so it was like $9 an hour, plus the, they capped commissions at like 1000 and or a thousand dollars of like, or ten thousand dollars of services, or something like that. And I'm like, so you pay a low wage, you don't have a robo dialer, so people can actually like get people on How the phone. How do you expect them to make that many calls? <laughs> and you cap their commissions. No wonder your company is like looking for people 24 hours a day all summer long. And then they also did, uh, I think they also did snow removal or something like that, so you yeah. can do it in the winter. But I just thought, my gosh, that sounds like the worst possible job that you could ever have. So, anyway. Uh, did want to give Nate a shout out on the Chiefs and Patriots game. Nate called the uh, that he thought it would be more than 80 points being scored in the game, and there was 83 points scored in that game, and that might have been the best game we're going to see this season. That was an amazing game. JP, were you able to actually check that one out? Oh yeah, I, I caught the whole uh, the, the end of the second quarter into the second half, and uh, quite frankly, that was an outstanding game. Unbelievable. Oh, I mean, and, and not only the, the, the Patriots, just like... back and forth, man. Just, well, well just, yeah, but the Patriots made them look like they were they were gassed, or they made it look like the Chiefs, they'd figure the Chiefs out, right? I mean, the Chiefs only scored 10 points in the first half, something like that. But then Mahomes had the, tw- the four, you know, four touchdowns in the end, and I actually, between like being out here and going into my room and turning on the stream, it took me a little bit to get the stream working in my room, and I missed like a minute and a half of the game, just like a minute and a half. And there already something happened because, the- <laughs> well, all of a sudden the Patriots had the ball and they were tied. Oh, Tyreek took did one to the house. No, no. I mean, how did, cause so New England was behind 
And then all of a sudden they were tied and going in for that three points to win the game. And I don't know what happened in between those two plays. Was there a pick or was there a fumble or something? Cause so, huh. I, I remember happened. They must've gotten a, a no, they, they drove down the field and scored. And then Kansas city came out and then they scored on a huge play to Tyree. I remember that with like not very much time. And then left. they were ahead. And they were ahead by three or four, maybe. Or... So what did New England do? Because New England won it with a field goal. So how did they tie it? Oh, no, they were only up by one, maybe, then. So when Kansas no, City... No, it was 43 sco- to four. four. 43 to 40. So somehow New England, so New England had to have been down three and then scored three to tie it and then scored three to win it. So they must, there had to have been something where they scored really quickly and then got the ball back. Nah, I don't remember. And maybe it was just a three and out by Kansas City, and they just didn't have very many of those. But they just had a three and out, and you know no. the clock stopped. I just remember them tying it. I don't remember. It was a nice drive, I thought. I don't remember it being a huge, quick, big play. And then Kansas City turned around, and they went down and, and tied it with that big play from Tyreek. Oh, see, I thought that put... Kansas City ahead when they did that. Maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, that's very possible. Uh, Roger Clemens did. Yeah, I. What? Roger Clemens misremembered. Oh yeah, so did Rafael Palmeiro. <laughs> they all, they all, they all misremembered. That was, I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Packers Niners. How bad do you feel for the Niners losing that game? They played tough, man. That's I mean, as good as C.J. Beathard's going to play, I would, have, I would how, say. How does Aaron Rodgers complete those three passes down the end? I mean, His willpower is, is unbelievable, dude. I was actually – it's funny you mentioned that because last night I was just kind of flipping through the channels and I ended up watching this like uh, – it's not a – I forget what they call it not 30 for 30, but it was a special on uh, Carson Palmer. A football life? Yeah, a football life. Um, And they were talking about that. I just happened to turn it on when it was that playoff game where he had two Hail Marys against the Cardinals. For the Bengals? No, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers. So Carson was playing for the Cardinals at the time. The the playoff game? Yes. And they were winning that whole game. And then they freaking scored on a Hail Mary right at the end of the game. And Carson's like, okay, well, I guess we're going to overtime. we got to score. And then he throws another one in overtime. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, now, was that the one where – that wasn't the one where Larry Fitzgerald took the ball all the way down to, like, the four-yard line, and then they won it on that play? Oh, yeah, maybe it is. And I kind of forget. Well, because the one where Aaron Rodgers threw the Hail Mary to the tight end, uh, I think his name is Rodgers as well. Yeah, <clears throat> that was the to, week after. To tie the, well, that was the one we were in Vegas, and we had all bet on the Packers or the Cardinals, and everybody else in the sports book had bet Jesus, on the Packers. How many freaking how many throws has Aaron Rodgers made like that? That's ridiculous. Fifty. <laughs> My goodness, but I mean in big, big moments. That's like what that. I'm saying. Like almost every Jeez. that goes to show you. Why, now, why is it they're never ahead enough that he doesn't have to do those? But he has completed at least seven or eight super memorable Hail Mary-type passes to win a game. Yeah. Now, was that – I was thinking did, more like four or five, but, man. Did they win lot. or did they lose that game against Seattle? They lost that game. Okay, with, with pretty, the bad refs. Pretty sure they lost it. Okay, that was the year that Seattle went on to win the World yeah, Series or the yeah. Super Bowl, maybe. Yeah, wow. But 
what a good game by the Niners. I mean, I was so proud of that team watching them like defy the odds. Yeah. And I still well, won my bet. You got to but... give Shanahan some credit. Uh, they, that rookie running back came in and played fantastic. Yeah, he did. Mostert was yeah. really good. Uh, Bethard played great. Obviously, um, he and Goodwin have a nice rapport. You saw that last year with them too, before right. uh, the Garoppolo trade, those two were were hooking up for a lot of points. So that's yeah, going to be a nice a, a fantasy. Goodwin exciting finally. That could be a nice fantasy pickup if it wasn't for you this week. That was a guy that was on waivers in a lot of leagues. Who's that? Uh, Marquise Goodwin. Oh, people gave up on him that quick. Yeah, oh yeah. I picked him up in my CBS league uh, just a couple days ago. Nice. Yeah. I had him, I picked him up at the end of the year last year. I didn't even know who he was, but I saw he had a good week. So I grabbed him just to have a, like, a, you know, cause I was having yep. some injuries yeah, and nice. I ended up going to the Super Bowl in that, in my fantasy league. I remember. And I told you Boy, to start him. Remember? He, yeah. He was great. I, I would have won that thing if I hadn't taken out Bortles and put in, who did I put in? I substituted Russell Wilson, maybe. No. Uh, uh, Matty Ice. No, the guy that won the Super Bowl. Uh, Cobb. Uh, is it Cobb? Uh, the backup for Wentz. Foles. Foles. I put Foles in, and Foles had the only bad game he had during that little stretch run yeah. where he actually just got shelled by the Cowboys, yeah. and I lost by like 16 points. And if I had started Bortles, he scored like 40. And, you know, I, what I was thinking, I don't. Bortles is always going to score a lot of points. You should always start Bortles if you have him, and you don't have a top five QB because. He is always such a cluster F in the beginning of a game Seems that to be. he has to throw touchdowns in the end of the game to tie it up. So, And don't forget, folks, we do have a early game in the NFL. It's in London, I, I assume? It is. Now, why was it last week they had a game in London, but that one played at, 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 at 11 o'clock? So they played normal time. Because it was the Raiders. Oh, is that why? I, I, I think that's why, because the Raiders had to make that extra long trip. Oh, so they let it be at nighttime instead of in the morning. Okay, because like usually the game in in you know in London is around it's like about three o'clock, o'clock or two o'clock. But then they had it like our time. Right, right. Yeah. But then said they had it at like at like six p.m. London time. I didn't even realize there was a game there last week. Yeah, wow. Seattle and the Raiders. So, mm. but it was really weird that it was because it was in Wembley Stadium, you know. Yeah. But it just the showing that the time it was. I, I thought that was odd. But this week we've oh, got. Who? Go ahead, JP. I was going to say, who do we got this week? Um, the morning game is San Diego and Tennessee, maybe. Oh, I'm going to have to look. I, I I I knew at one point. I made a bet. Um, I think it's San Diego and Tennessee. Yes, you got it. Yeah. So the Chargers are favored by seven. Yeah. Which is a lot. Uh, I actually, uh, we I did a did a little bet and uh, kind of got some free money on it. So I threw. 50 bucks on that game. And I did take the chargers. Now that's one of the few times I don't take the opposite of what I think is going to happen. Oh, that's because funny. I took the Titans on that one. Well, you'll probably win. Uh, I just swear that every time I see a game in London, who I think should win wins. And I don't usually feel that and way by a lot. <laughs> yeah. By a lot. And you know, I mean like last week, like Seattle just can destroy the Raiders. Yeah, I remember Minnesota dismantled somebody over there last year. I can't remember. Was it the lions? Yeah, maybe. And then the Jaguars had a great game against the Jets? Baltimore, maybe? Baltimore. Baltimore? Yep. It was a good game. They yeah, came back like and won it, right? 42 to 10 or something, I thought. I thought they just Oh, maybe that's them. what it was. And Hearns had a huge yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, that, was a, that might have been two years ago. 
Because yeah. I think I was driving back from after doing a show with JP on Sunday I morning. Right. I think it was. And I was listening to the game on the radio as I was driving home, and it was a slaughter fest yeah. going crazy. So uh, that'll be an interesting game. So before we get too too deep here, do you want to go ahead and give us your, your gambling picks for this week? Um, I do. I need to pull them up here real quick. Well, JP, real quick, I'm going to get your take mm-hmm. on Le'Veon Bell. So we don't know if he's coming back this week now. I, mean, I don't think he is, or they were thinking he was going to come back week seven. I don't think he has. I believe you guys have said that week 10 is when he has to come back so that he can become a free agent in the offseason. Do you think we're going to hear him showing up to camp here next week? You know, that's a really good question. Um, James Conner was on Get Up on ESPN yesterday morning, and Greeny asked him flat out, he said, has anyone in the Steelers organization heard from Le'Veon Bell? He said, no one has. So the Steelers have no idea what's going on with him right now. I just blown away. I am blown away because yeah. what, first of all, Connor has almost outperformed him in terms of the numbers. Yeah. Right. He's been a better receiver. He's got more touchdowns and he's three got more a better. First. What's that? He's got three more touchdowns in the first uh, six games. He's got almost the same scrimmage yards. He's got a, a hundred more receiving yards. He's averaging 0.3 more carry from 4.1 with Le'Veon to 4.4. He's got less carries, but 453. Le'Veon had more carries with 550, but Connor has the better average. So, I mean, Le'Veon is kind of showing that maybe he is more of a product of the system than an amazing running back because I don't think anybody calls James Connor an amazing running back, but he's sure killing it in fantasy and killing it in terms of statistics. So, is. is Le'Veon even that good? I mean, yes. obviously he's good, but is he that much better than James Conner? Is yes. he that much better than another player? I'll answer that question, yes. Think so? Okay. <laughs> I, I think um, I think Le'Veon just makes you prepare differently okay. as, a, as a head coach. It's a guy that can not only run between the tackles, he's a very patient runner as we've seen, he's able to run around the edge because he's got great quickness, so he's a threat on the outside. He's also a fantastic receiver. So he is. He is a good uh, you receiver. know you can put him in the slot. You can throw him outside. You can throw him in you know in a number of different places. So it makes the other team prepare differently. You know Connor, you're not. You might see him catch a pass, maybe two. You know he's not a he's not a pass catching back. But um, he's got as many catches so far through this many games as Le'Veon Bell had last year. Yeah, but again, that's what I'm saying. It's part. That's where he's a product of the system. So I just think the difference is the prepper in the preparation, you know, okay. um, that you have to prepare for a guy that's multifaceted, you know, and I, yeah, I, mean, I, I understand. You don't have argument. to target James Conner. Correct. Correct. And, you know, Brown finally looked like he was back on track last week after a pretty kind of a lackluster season, man. I've been looking at some of the fairly pedestrian. Yes. Yeah. Especially if you look at it in fantasy terms, there's been a lot of a lot of that is the emergence of Juju though. Boy, he has been amazing. And JP, you won again this week or this last week? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I have to play uh, uh, Nate Dog uh, this oh. week, which he might be. Uh, I, I I might be primed and ready for a uh, upset here because Sanu no. is in no. practice and Carlos Hyde got <laughs> traded, and right now I've got I don't know if he's going to be the starting running back. 
did did Hyde get traded? Yeah. I know the rumor was all yeah, talking he, about he, it went yeah, through. It, it went Jacksonville. So it, there's not yeah, much. he's in Jacksonville. I wouldn't start him next week. I, I would think TJ Yeldon is probably the starter. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Hyde is the backup because I think they may be worried that Fournette, it might be gone for the year or at least a, a good five it or six weeks. doesn't look good. And why Cleveland was able, willing to give up Carlos Hyde, I can't quite figure out, other than they think Chubbs is ready to take the reins. I, I think that's what it is. I think yeah. they're just ready to hand him the reins. I mean, the guy's been pretty good in limited limited amount of time. So. Yeah, and then now you can throw – Duke Johnson in there for your spell back or your third down back, and then have Chubbs just run it through the tackles. I, I, you know, I think we could see Cleveland roll to another win this week. I think that'd be, it'd be really interesting. So Nate, let's go ahead and jump into those uh, picks for the gambling. Absolutely. So uh, if you haven't gone on the website, everything's been updated. I'm trying to kind of get to a routine. If you're really into these picks, um, I usually have them posted by about 10 p.m. Friday night. So if you want to go on there and look at them, they are ready. Everything's updated. And you know what? It's uh, good to make your bets on Friday night because Saturday is when spreads will change due to injuries and things like that. Which can be advantageous at times, but also disadvantageous. Sure. So uh, as we stand, guys, on the season, I didn't realize this, but I'm 7-1 and one in our last eight, Very bringing nice. the, the record on the season to 16-7-2. and two. So that's pretty darn good. I'm pretty proud of that. Wow, we need to follow just your um, bets for the show. And then starting cash, we started with $250. Our current balance is 950. So if wow. you've been following, you're up, you know, you're up 700 bucks. So uh, that's a, that's almost a hundred dollars a week. So fantastic. We're really uh we're we're sustaining some long term success here on the show with this. So I really hope that uh, some people are following along and making some money. Uh, that being said, just a quick recap from last week. Uh, we did have Buffalo covering the spread in Houston there of ten. We also we had a perfect our first perfect week last week. Really? Uh, so we excellent. Did. We had uh, Pittsburgh covering in Cincinnati, and then we had Denver covering uh, L.A., and then we had that huge over game that Mark mentioned, uh, which was 60, and they went up for 80-plus. 80, 80 so a uh, big 4-0 week. Anyway, we're going right into this week quickly. Uh, we, we discussed the uh, Europe game, which is the Titans and the San Diego Chargers. Um, I saw that game at seven. I don't know if that's what it's still at. That's what I'm basing. That's what my, I got it at. Yeah. My pick off of, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. I think the Chargers kind of blew their load last week. Uh, I think they're not as good a team as some people. They're just never as good as people think. And I think Tennessee tends to play people tough. I don't think they're a great team, but they just play people tough. Who, who did the Chargers roll last week? Uh, Gordon had a huge game. Yeah, and so did that Tyrell Williams. No, Keenan can't. Terrible. Keenan Allen can't do anything. I don't know what's wrong with and him. Mike Williams has fallen off as well. So, well, he and Tyrell are both like, just like the flash in the pan types. Like yeah, one of them will have a huge game and then nothing. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we're taking the Titans there, guys, with the seven points. So moving on to the next game, we've got uh, Carolina and Philadelphia, and that's a five-point spread. Uh, I have Carolina covering those points as the underdog in this one. Uh, Then we're going to the third game, which is the New York Jets and the Minnesota Vikings. That is a a three-and-a-half-point spread, Minnesota as the favorite. I am taking Minnesota in another uh, blowout-type game here. And uh, they're going to cover that easy. I think that's double digits. Uh, I think that offense in Minnesota is really good. I mean, they may not be quite on the level with Kansas City and L.A., but I think they're the next best thing. 
Um, then we are going to the bonus game in which we are five and one on the season, folks. This is the double bet. Wow, so just throw all your money on these. So <laughs> we've got New York Giants and the Atlanta Falcons on Monday night. That is a 54 over under. And in this one, we're going to take the under. Uh, we're going to go I, – I know it's two teams that can score a lot of points, and I think that's what everybody's thinking, and we're going to go with the under in this guy. Uh, so those are the picks for this week. Uh, stay with us, guys. We're really having some success here. So Absolutely. It's a fantastic yeah, record. And JP's picks have been really, really good in college. Well, so. I tell you what, yeah, if you're following JP's pick of the episode of the week and then your bets, I mean, boy, you could, boy, I wish I had been doing that way. I mean, I've done, I'm not right. even following done, my own bets. I, say, I wish I was. I've so. done pretty well this year, but boy, <laughs> I've done that well. That's, uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing. But yeah, JP, we are counting on you to get both of these games right <laughs> this week. Come on, man. Get me back in there. <laughs> already got my bet for the morning game i've already got my bet for the uh i think i, I told nate this and our gambling corner or our gambling group earlier i am going to bet the overs on the chiefs from here on out until they don't cover it because it just seems like there's never a game they score less than like 30 to 35 and most overs don't go above 55 so it's like you right, know, right and their their defense has not been good in most games you know I mean, the broncos of course they dominated somehow but most games they have not looked so good on defense. So just going to see what happens with that. Kind of a fun over under and you know, the over under games are, are bets. It's really weird because they always, always, always look like you should take the overs. Like when's the last time you actually saw an over under spread and thought, Oh yeah, they won't score that many points. Now, obviously we bet against what we think, or we bet against the public a lot to be more successful. Try to, but do you get that feeling too that it always looks like it should be the overs? Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. know it's probably fifty fifty. I think right? it's more fun for people to bet on the overs too because <laughs> you want to see scoring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's also like you always feel like you have a chance. You know, You're like right. oh, they could still score. You know, twenty points in five minutes. Isn't that funny how sometimes yeah. they're calculating me like how many points do they need to score? They need to score two, three more touchdowns and two more field goals. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And you keep doing that as the game's going on. And I remember that during that Atlanta game from two weeks ago that we were doing. You I knew think, it was going to be a push. <laughs> oh, no, no, the over-under oh. one. Oh. And I just remember it was like almost the first half was almost over, and they'd only scored like 14 points in the game. I think it was them in Pittsburgh, or it maybe was. it was Pittsburgh and the yes. Bengals and or something. It was Pittsburgh-Atlanta, yeah. And then they scored like 17 points in the last three minutes of the first half. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, they're yeah. way ahead of pace now. <laughs> you know, it's just weird. How that kind of thing happens. Yeah, I think it's so. a psychological thing with the unders. So I, I do think that uh, that's going to be a good bet, though, this week, that Monday night under. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I think it's a really good bet, especially because the Giants can at any point lay an egg and so can the Falcons. So you could even get a, something that where they don't even top like 40 points or yeah. 35 points. Yeah. I did want to ask you guys something, and I, I, we may have talked about this before, but just a, just your real quick gut feeling on this. Why is it the last drive of a game in the NFL like 85% of the time, the team just steamrolls its way down the field, and especially if it's a if it's a game-winning drive. Well, I think it only happens if you have money on the game. So. <laughs> <laughs> like if I have money on the game and it's close, the team that I did not bet on right. always has success. Always. They always go down the field and 
make the touchdown. But then if you have Dolphins money the other way. Dolphins and Bears are a great example. Or Broncos week. and Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. Even though yeah. the Broncos covered, they should have won the game. You know, right. Any other team goes down the field and makes that touchdown. No one misses that pass. I mean, that's the yeah. easiest pass you can make. Yeah. But, I mean, have you ever, I mean, it is crazy. You think about this, the Dolphins had two, like, 70-yard pass plays to Wilson. Have you ever even heard Wilson's name called this rest of this year? Yeah, no. Probably not. Because yeah. he's not any good. But he just had just two crazy plays against the Bears. And then this is the same Bears team that's playing the Patriots this week. And most of us are expecting a, a, a gritty, in-the-trenches, two-point win battle. But we'll see. But, but now I'm starting to think, man, I'm starting to think, boy, I really – I thought this was going to be a really good game. Now I really want to bet the Patriots. Oh, yeah, Patriots are – Bet them heavy. But Edelman, I heard, is questionable. He is. Both so. of them. The whole, the whole team's questionable. <laughs> Did you see the, the no. injury report? Gron- <laughs> okay, Gronk is questionable. Now, that I knew, yeah. Josh Gordon, questionable. Oh, really? Yes. Edelman, questionable. Yeah. Sony Michelle, questionable. <laughs> The so offense. the whole offense is questionable. That's just, they just do that so the team that they're playing has no idea. Who was it for. that got hit? Was it the Raiders? They they got hit with fudging their injury report a little bit. Did you I see that? Hear JP? About that. I, I didn't. I didn't hear about that. I forget what team it, it was. It was on the front page of CBS Sports last night. Uh, darn it! I think it was the Raiders though. They had fudged their. Uh, Injury report slightly, and now they're in, they're in some <laughs> hot water for it. It's so funny. The Patriots have did it for years. They would put Tom Brady down as probable every week. Every week. They finally got rid yeah. of that probable designation, which I think is a good call. Yeah, there was never – yeah, it's just – It's probably not there anymore because they, you know, they update their site every day. But right. It was right on that top – where those top stories are there. Wow, so Aaron Rodgers went from dating Olivia Moon to Danica Patrick. That's an interesting. They kind of look alike. They do kind of look. He's got a type, obviously. Yes, he does. Yeah, he boy, he'd be happy with uh, Sandra Bullock or uh, or uh, Jennifer Lopez too. I think. I think they'd fit right, right fit right in that combo. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't want those two? But anyway, I bet Olivia Moon's a lot dirtier than Danica, though. Yeah, well, you think that Danica's more of a tomboy? Yeah, maybe. You don't think from being a race car driver? No, she is, but I think Olivia Moon's a tomboy too. Oh, is she? Well, I don't know almost well, nothing well, about. Well, think of Danica. She likes to go fast, and she's taking a beating in NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think she just likes the Hail Mary. <laughs> well, all right. So as we as, you know, we've got a few minutes left here. Let's just do a real quick rundown on uh, fantasy because uh, we almost never have time to actually get into fantasy at all. So big performers from last week at the quarterback position: Jameis Winston. It's kind of a surprise that he's kind of rolling up, but Mike Evans and he they have that good good chemistry between those two. And they're going to have to throw a lot. Yeah, they are. It's not a good team. Well, I mean, and what happened to Ronald Jones? I don't know. What do you mean by what happened? He like was when, the biggest hype in the world going into really? the preseason. And he was going to be the starter, and huh. he was going to do this, and he's going to do that. He was drafted early in our Fanatics draft by uh, House, and yeah, then I took him in our Keeper League and <laughs> the, the champion from last year. And uh, anyway, uh, so Jameis, Dak Prescott, which, boy, not much of a receiving core. Who yeah, they play? He has nobody, man. I don't know how he throws the ball at all. 
Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville. they, oh, they crushed them. It was like 40 to 10, wasn't but it? But Yeldon had a great game for fantasy purposes. Yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers. I guess not really huge surprises. They should always be passing the ball. Although it's, Ryan has had up and down year. Julio Jones still no touchdowns. Just not a touchdown guy. Having an amazing nope. year otherwise, but boy, no touchdowns keeps you from being elite. It just does. Uh, Trubisky, boy, that guy is hot and cold. Yes, he what, is. What What do you even think of? I mean, what do you do with him? I mean, you can't really start him yet. I mean, if you have a dynasty league or a keeper league, he'd probably be good for next year. Yeah. But you know, Patrick it's Mahomes. Just, you just got to go based on your matchups, I think. And if you if he's one of your guys, you right? Know, that's a tough one. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, remember how much you kind of mocked the teams that took him as their quarterback and stuff? And you're like, you're taking like a second year QB, and that's amazing what he what what Andy <laughs> Reid has done with that team. Agreed. Um, and Brock Osweiler, boy, that's crazy. And then he Carson, had the game of his life. Yep, best game of his life. Yep, couldn't do that for the Broncos. Nope. Thanks a lot. Couldn't do that for Houston either. Uh, Carson Wentz finally got himself on the board. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, the next two are Andrew Luck and Cam Newton. I've got that pair plus Bortles in my Oregon league, mm-hmm. and I've got the best team in that league right now. I mean, we'll see what happens with injuries, of course. I know. I'm trying to decide. I don't know who to start this week between Cam Newton or Jared Goff. Who the Rams playing? They are playing. Uh-oh. I forget. Do, do, Detroit? Do, 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 do. They're playing the 49ers. Oh, that's right, 49ers. Uh, so they should they should, be, they should be okay. Yeah, Goff should be good. And then the other one is your Cam Newton. Yeah. And who and are they playing? playing? Philly. Ooh, Philly's defense has been pretty decent I know. this year. I have, I'd, I have I'd go Goff, Goff. I have Goff in there. Goff's had some nice games. Yeah, he's like the seventh highest tier. He's like ranked seventh, and I think Cam's like 13. So it's a little okay. different. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Goff. Anyway, go on. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I know we're getting close on time here. Oh, I don't think you interrupted me. Um, no real big surprises, I don't think, in RB. I mean, just Gurley, Gordon, Barkley, Connor, Hunt. Latavius Murray, maybe. He hasn't had a good week, even when Delvin Cook's been gone. Yep. Is Delvin out again this week? Yep. Boy, what is wrong with him? Is it is it a hammy? Yeah, I think so. It's either a hammy or yeah. a quad. <laughs> uh, it's it's a hammy. He was actually upgraded Wednesday, practiced fully. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Thursday, yeah, he must have re-injured it. <laughs> uh, Ezekiel Elliott had a good game. He has not been consistent. No, but he's been good three last the last three weeks. So maybe they figured out. Yeah, he's been kinks. a twenty point fantasy guy three weeks oh, in a row. That's now, great. So. I would say he's good. Yeah. Um, as for wide receiver, we previously said you know Albert Wilson, uh, Tyreek Hill looks like he's the real deal. I mean, he he runs looks like he went from geez. being just a speedy gimmick guy to running very good routes, and that's a huge upgrade when he you can start running a, good every routes. time that guy touches the ball he is a threat to take it to the house absolutely because you Scary. watch there's there's no one else on the, that can run with that guy and you see the fat some fast corners get burned oh man he's he, i mean it's he's, like, he's like Deion sanders it's speed. like turning on the afterburners i mean I, yeah i wouldn't be surprised at game speed if that guy runs a four two two forty. yeah i could see that absolutely Dude, the guy's amazing i mean he's got wow. crazy speed uh, other than that, Marquise Goodwin, you talked about, you know, and Tyrell Williams kind of making their uh, presence felt. Adam Thielen continues his unbelievable year so far. I'm... How, about, uh, how about that, man? Just an undrafted Great guy. Year. What a player. It's like Rod Smith, man. Just so dependable, or, or even more like McCaffrey. So dependable over the middle. Uh, just ne- doesn't seem to ever drop the ball. 
yeah, he's been doing great. Uh, Tyler Boyd, first time I've seen him on the list. And then you talked about Emmanuel Sanders earlier. He's 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 coming around. I mean, yeah, he's a good player. It is a high scoring fantasy year overall. Mm-hmm. And I do gotta say, we've got about thirty seconds left here. Boy, our dynasty league. I'm I'm actually not having. I don't have a great record. I have two wins. But I love my team, and yeah. it's looking better and better and better for next year. And that we have a league full of good teams. And it's going to be, dude. I was dominating, and then I lost both my starting running backs. <laughs> and so. there you go, yeah. right? Yeah. It's that quick and that easy. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, thanks again so much for tuning in the show. Sorry that I had some uh, difficult. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That does help us out. You can find us at the handle at VSPT Offensive. Thanks so much for tuning in, folks. Offensive out.